to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. Side by side, Borch gets a better line. Oh boy, we got wheel to wheel right here. String. Oh, and Stu Baylor right behind him. Russell gonna try to dive bomb down to the inside. No, can't get the line he wants. Off-Road Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rodney Cooper, with me today, as always. Brandon Whitehair, what's going on? We're a little rusty, huh? Technical <laughs> difficulties, Brandon. It's been a minute, hasn't it? Uh, just a week. Took a week off, and like we're already st- starting to get rusty. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, but hey, listen, guys. We got a awesome show lined up for you. We have a legend. Legend. Legend coming on the show tonight. Uh, Barry Hawk and his son, Talon Hawk, will be coming on the show. We will be talking to them here in just a little bit. Uh, this is uh, episode 85. Before we get into it, though, we got to thank our awesome sponsors. First and foremost, we got to thank Guts Racing. Andy Gregg and the guys over at Guts Racing have been with us since the beginning, Brandon. Yeah. They make the best seat covers, best seat foams in the business. Um, anything you need custom, they can cut seat foams for you. And plus, it's just style. Like, they're stylish. Yeah. And they're sick. Yeah. And they, they grip the pants right off. I was going to say grip, baby. Got to yeah. love the grip. I love that gripper seat for sure. Um, if, you, uh, if you guys play our fantasy game, we give one of those away a month for playing our our GNCC split line fantasy. So if you're not in on that yet, make sure you get in on that when we come back from summer break mm-hmm. and you definitely want to check that out. We also got to thank Seal Savers. They've been in the business since for 21 years. For 21 years, 21. providing the top of the line fork seal, ATV coil seal protection. Can't get any better than Seal Savers. You can save 25% off of anything on their product floor for um, using the discount code SPLITLINE with a capital S. Save 25%. Brandon, do you Use. ever ride your dirt bike without Seal Savers? Heck no. I don't ever <laughs> I don't ever ride the ATV, and I don't ever ride my mountain bike without uh, Seal Savers. So make sure you guys check those out for yep. sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, then we also got to thank Sunstar Chain and Sprockets. Brandon, what are those things made of? Case hardened steel, baby. Case hardened steel, the best material for the best chain and sprocket kits in the business. Uh, if you need a good rep, call Doug Kirk. He's the man He's on the, the mission. Man. We need to get him on the show. We've been saying yep. it. We're going to get Doug on the show soon. And um, uh, uh, just a cool guy. Like, if you have any questions about chain and sprocket yep. issues, like what you should be running, he is the guy to ask. And you can save 30%. 30 that's pretty much a sponsorship. It's like dirty thirty, right? Dirty thirty, <laughs> exactly. You can save thirty percent by using the code SPLITLINE30. Save thirty percent off of anything they have at SunstarChainSprockets.com. I guess. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Just search Sunstar Chain Sprockets, and you will, <laughs> you will not regret it for sure. Heck no. Then we also got to thank the guys over at XC Gear. Yep. XC Gear, Maker 360. Uh, was it our last episode we had Lance on? Yeah. That's see, it feels like forever ago. We skipped a week. Years. So, uh, Lance. <laughs> Lance came on a couple weeks ago, and just an awesome guy. He, you got to hear the story behind the Mako 360, and you just know that like quality goes into each and every 
one of those Maker 360s, mm-hmm. the Hammerhead 360s. Uh, you can put them on a ATV or a dirt bike. That's yep. right, I said ATV. You ATV guys need to get them on. Top of the line yep. vibration dampening system on the on the uh, on the uh, on the handlebars, yep. and then they also got the spurs, foot pegs for your dirt bikes, and uh, the bar mount pad. Bar pad. Bar mount. Or, well, yeah, the bar pad. Bar pad with mounts on it. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff we can there's, do with it. Yeah. It's not just any bar pad, so you guys got to check that out. Right. Um, it's not dropped yet. Not yet. But it's going to be sick. We he's saw a, some prototypes of it. He's a sick. perfectionist. so he's He not, is a perfectionist. Yeah. Absolutely. Lance is a perfectionist. And, like, you know, like, if he told you he was going to sell you a pen, Brandon, mm-hmm. you know it's not going to be just a regular pen. Heck he's no. going to have, like, all kinds of ideas of how to make that pen better. That's right. So, trust me, <laughs> it's going to be worth the wait. Yes, so make is. sure you hold out for that. Yep. And uh, this past weekend, if you weren't at the Mountain State Hair Scrambles, you missed out. Mm-hmm. Good racing at a good track. Uh, I heard it was hot there this weekend yeah. on, on Saturday for just, sure. Just a tad. Just a tad hot. Um, and uh, let me see. Uh, Adam McGill took the win on the ATVs. And Brendan Poling, our buddy Brendan Poling, uh, we need to get him back in studio as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. He took the win on the bikes. So yeah. uh, good weekend of local racing. You guys need to check them out. They don't make champions they build them that's right that's right is that how they do us that's how they do us uh, that's how they do us <laughs> so what's going on bandon not much man um just just enjoyed the week off it was it was an enjoyable week you know went last wednesday was able to, it was kind of weird not having the podcast what'd you do last wednesday um i sat by the pool uh after work it was hot i mean of course last week was so hot here um me and the fam just went to the pool and, and chilled out and uh just relaxed I mean, I missed the podcast. I missed you guys just a little bit, but uh, it was I ain't going to say it was nice to kind of have a little break and, and stuff and played in a golf tournament over the weekend, and uh, we, we won that. So that was that was cool. I'm <laughs> 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 so I'm one for one for golf tournaments. So one I'm, for one. I'm, I'm That's one better than me. Hey, I'm, you know, four, is it four for one, I guess? Four for one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like uh, it's like going uh, to Wendy's get the four for four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, hey, we finished fourth place in our first GNCC tournament. There you go. We didn't bring the right pencil, but uh, <laughs> but you know how that goes sometimes. What about you, what's been going with you, man? Not too much, man. Last Wednesday, I actually went fishing with the family, so that was fun. Uh, so missed missed you guys on the podcast. It felt kind of weird having fourteen yeah. fourteen days in between podcasts. Four, fourteen days. Yeah. Yeah, mm. not used to that. No, not used, not to, used that. to it at all. It's kind of weird. I didn't see you at all. Like, I know I've not seen you since we sat in this chair, these chairs last. Yeah, that's weird. That's yeah. Weird. Did you uh, get to watch any of the pro nationals this weekend? Uh, I watched the 450 Moto One because that's the only thing that was on YouTube. Listen, because uh, it's a disaster trying to figure out where to watch it, and how to watch it. So. I'm not. I, I'm like you. We were talking before the show. I'm not getting flow racing. No. <laughs> I've, I've already jumped through it. so many hoops to try to watch this race. I know. And, and then I have a, I was trying to watch it live on YouTube and um, ended up running into the problems where they, they would shut it down mm-hmm. on YouTube because it was copyright stuff. Yeah. So, Dude, and what sucks is it's the best year it's yet. It's the best racing yet. yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then it's, in... it's so hard to not – because, like, we're so plugged in with all the people we follow on Instagram mm-hmm. and everything – it's so hard to not find out what's going on. I and I don't know about you, but whenever I know the outcome of a race, it's really hard to watch mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I stay off. My wife makes fun of me all the time because I will not, like, especially when Supercross is going on, if I miss a race or something, 
I will not get on social media, not one platform, <laughs> because as soon as I pull it up, it's like right there, there's the podium or there's the winner, and I'm like, son of a... <laughs> <laughs> so are you still refusing to play uh, yep. Pulp Max Fantasy? Not played. <laughs> not played. I've already, I've, I was already a loser, and I'm, I'm going to stay a loser. <laughs> Okay, well, for those of you that are playing, mm-hmm. I will read down the results. I appreciate you guys playing with us. Um, uh, Kyler Murray took the win this weekend. Man, you yep. guys got to shut him down. Hammer521 took second. Darkside, the Darkside. The Darkside. Uh, took third. You know, Darkside's really making his way in, in the, in the yeah, Moto Media game. Vital Jamie, I'm pretty vital, sure. Vital Jamie, yeah, vital exactly. Jamie, yeah. Took third place. Uh, Mason Sealsavers took uh, fourth, and then Marty took fifth. I'm down in seventh. Uh, not too good of a week again for me. So, yeah, yeah it's thanks. tough. It's tough because I, <laughs> it's tough. you know, it's it's tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you can't you can't watch the races and all that, it's it's just a big bummer. You yeah. know what I mean? But th- did you end up catching the the Map TV re- <laughs> um, replay of the of the the race they put up for GNCC at all? You, you which watch- which race was it? Oh man. You're catching me off guard now. Was it Tiger Run? Yes, I think I believe so. It was. Okay, I believe so. I did not catch, didn't that. catch it. No, no. I, I threw it on there for a little bit and watched it. It's always cool to go back and watch this. We haven't had a race in what a month now. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, and, and it feels like we still got another month. We still got another I know. Month and two weeks. I know. It's a long what? time, man. I know. It's tough. Like what is going on? Summer break is 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 rough. It really is. Uh, it's man. almost like a. It's almost like. A, a complete off season because you got to think like when do they finish up they finish up in they're going to finish up october 22nd so end of october mm-hmm. so november december january and then middle february middle february so this is almost a little bit more than half as long as mm-hmm. uh as, a as, as, a, off as an off season yeah. yeah so hey guys thank you for the uh jumping in the comment section doug kirk as always he actually put the link to sunstarbreaking.com yeah so i was gonna, uh, I was gonna say i didn't want to be the the guy that, that and he to said tell he you sent wrong. us a message so we need to check yeah, that he did. out he's he's in the garage working and listening to us oh nice doug is that, is that doug is that the um the ball hall bike you're building for the for the big rally race gotta be gotta be that should be coming up soon right? and then isaiah white uh commented let barry know we need the unstoppable hawk stickers back oh okay anybody that has any questions for barry uh send them in send them in you can either message them to us or send them in the uh chat and uh yeah we're excited to get him on um now it's gonna be cool talking to like absolute legend of the sport um yeah. eight-time champion yeah uh he was actually a finalist for being in the um um uh, potentially inducted into Hall the AMA thing. Hall of Fame this year, uh, just that, just being nominated is uh, yeah, in that category huge is honor. huge. Could you? Yeah. I mean, like, not many people get that honor. That's huge. Right. That that is a huge honor. It very, it really is. Um, it's just really crazy because when I think, like, before you go back and look, when you start thinking of a guy that just won, but on both, uh, would you say genres of bikes, <laughs> a quad yeah. and and a and a bike. Yeah. Um, you would think it would be, he would have went from a bike to a quad and won them all, but he went from a quad to a bike, to, and that that's very hard. Yeah, that's very hard. I I know for a fact that's very hard. <laughs> so are you saying that you and like Barry Hawk are pretty much the same person? No, no, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm just saying that's very hard. I've I've been to a quad and it took me at least six six years to get where I'm at uh, right now. So. 
but I'm, I'm curious to see his his thoughts and about the whole quad and bike situation yeah you know and i'm curious to see like the thoughts of like going from a racer to an ambassador mm-hmm. and then also a team manager now being being the team manager of the gas gas um coastal uh, racing, coastal racing yeah. team so that's cool like the very um uh that's a position that um I think you got to be like real personable. You got to mm-hmm. be like good with the riders, and uh, so it's, it'll be cool talking to him about that. Yeah. So real quick, um, Chase Sexton or Tomac hmm. gets the championship. Oh man, it's five I, point difference right now. So I don't really have a favorite that I want to win. See, I see, have to. I'm in a boat right now because you're I'm in a, a boat. I'm in a boat. I'm in a boat, and I'm, what probably, kind of boat? I'm going to sink really quick because. <laughs> You're gonna pick Chase. Well, see, no, see, this is where I, this is where I'm at. I'm a, I'm actually at a rock and a hard place, but um, a rock and a hard place on a boat. Yes. Okay. It's, it's not very good. <laughs> so, um, Chase Sexton, like, it, like I'm like Trey Kennard, When Trey Kennard retired, I had to find a new rider because, like, I, as a fan, right? Yeah, I'm, I know you were a big uh, yeah, I was Kennard a Trey, fan. I was a Kennard fan. So I'm like, I know. Well, I'm a now I'm a Chase Sexton fan, okay. right? But there's something like. Eli Tomac is like... I was wondering why you bleach-tipped your hair. That's right. (laughs) That's just the sun, man. Uh, (laughs) Like, Eli Tomac's like that uh, nagging ex-girlfriend in high school that you you just can't get rid of her because... You mean on the track? Yeah. Or just overall? When he starts... When he goes into... The what they call it, beast mode, dude. It's wild. It's like, how can you not like the guy? Dude, you can't... And it's kind of like... I will... No, okay, so I don't mind... Tomac's personality because I know that he's like just a reserved guy. Right. He's he, like you said, you just like I, I love like him. you gotta love watching him ride. Right. When yeah. he's like now if he's back in like sixth or seventh, whatever, I don't even care. But when he goes and when he hit that fifteen minute mark and he throws in the the hugest heaters you've ever seen, yeah. you're like how do you not? But at the same time, how do you not love Sexton for right. the fight? Right, he he's got fight. He's young. His style's awesome. Like, do you do you root for <laughs> Chase, or do you root for it to just be like dead even going into the right. last mode of the year? See, I don't know. I mean, see, here's my thing. So I'm, I'm like, yeah, I like to see Chase win his first championship, right? But then on the other hand, I'm like, dude, it'd be so gnarly to see Tomac what win five um, outdoor titles. I think it's, uh, yeah, it'd be five outdoor titles. Was it four outdoor? Four. four. Yeah, before. Like, so it's like, man, he's making like, I don't want to say history, history, but you know what I mean? Like, he's, pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big stuff. So it's like, as a fan of the sport, I'm like, come on, man, like, come on, Tomac. And then I'm like, oh no, I want Chase Sexton to win. So I'm like, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm. I always, up. I always find myself like, no matter who it is, like, because I, I don't have a favorite rider. Like I've never, like, I've never picked a guy. I guess. I've always found myself rooting for the guy that's in second place at the current moment. <laughs> it, it, which, which brings another another point because Colton is a huge Tomac Tomac fan, right? Uh-huh. Super Tomac fan, right? So, and he knows I like Chase Sexton, and he's like, "Dad, Chase Sexton's going down. He stinks. Like he <laughs> does not stand a chance." So, like we're battling. I'm sitting here like trash talking my six year old because. He's <laughs> so 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 who are you picking? Um, I, I unfortunately I got to give the upper hand to Tomac. He's been in this situation. I was supposed to say it's it's tough to pick against the guy that's done it before, right. and the guy that hasn't really made any mistakes. And when he makes a mistake, he does a good job at being mm-hmm. a roadblock and not letting Chase by. And, and that, and pretty much, 
Um, that was an awkward moment, wasn't that it? That was. That <laughs> was. And I don't know if you go back to Pulp and listen to Jake's. He was on there, and, and he didn't even understand what was going on. His bike wouldn't fire up and yeah. all this stuff. So, But uh, anyways, um, and another reason we're for Tomac is this is his last outdoor season. Yes, yes. So it's like he's got to get the championship go out on top. I know. Top, it's cool. It'd be like, cool to see him go out on top, and it'd be cool to see him go out on top um, in Supercross next year because you know that's going to be his last year for Supercross probably as well. Maybe, maybe. Because, I mean, it was a one-year deal that he signed. It was a one-year deal. One, one year. I mean, if someone throws enough money, if he will, wait, so if he goes out and wins the Supercross championship and, like, say, Triumph is supposed to maybe make their debut debut in 2024. No way. If they throw him a huge paycheck. No way. What do you think? They're, Triumph isn't going to get somebody <laughs> like that right off the bat. I mean, if they throw them enough money. I mean, but 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 name a, name a manufacturer that's come just into the game out of nowhere and gotten some. I mean, I know they I know they have Ricky behind them, which is yeah. great. But like, from what I've heard, they're not they're building a whole new frame like. Like the bike right. is, is is it's going to be 100 percent triumph. It's not going to be I'll, piggybacked off of any other manufacturer. I wonder if they're going to come into the GNCC game, the, the off road cool. game. That'd be awesome. More um, teams of Mario, right? Teams, right. Yeah. You would think. Yeah. You would think. I wonder what that team would pop up. I'll have to see, maybe get Barry's uh, uh, thoughts on that too. I'm sure he has opinions on it. Yeah. Um, another thing I was confused on, and quote me if I'm wrong. <laughs> all right. So we have the beta, the beta cam. Beta. The cam for the race, but do we? Is there anybody racing beta out there? Mm-hmm. Is there? Is yeah, there? There's some XT2 guys racing beta. No, no, I'm talking about. I'm talking about for motocross. Oh, I don't think so. I'm not seeing. I was confused. Like why maybe, was, I mean, maybe some privateers, but I don't know. I don't know of anybody racing a beta. Well, that's why I was confused because like it used to be like the Yamaha cam. It's a beta cam. I didn't it's notice the beta, that. It's the beta, 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 whatever. Beta. beta. I think I call it beta overseas. Beta, yeah. 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 I, I was just so confused with that, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Uh, uh, maybe I'm missing something. I haven't been to an outdoor national all year, so yeah. Maybe I'm missing something, but maybe go to. I was uh, confused. Are we gonna like, go, Are we going to uh, MX MXDN? Or dude, MXO? I would really would love to go to that. That'd be awesome. I, told, I keep hinting to my wife. I'm like, I, that's like a bucket list. I know. Race. That's why I was telling Brittany as well. Like, come on. We were, we were looking at it. We were looking into the it. The only problem <laughs> is, is football season starts Monday. <sighs> And I'm really hoping for a bye week that week. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Hey, Doug Kirk said he hit a tree Ooh. last weekend. So, uh, Doug, uh, I hope you I mean, yeah. he's all right enough to be working on the bike. Speaking so. of hitting a tree, Adam McGill kind of clipped one there, yeah. didn't he? Works, yeah, he sure did. Over the, uh, well, what is it, high voltage the, jump? Uh, no, yeah. Is it a high voltage? No, it's, no I'm sorry. It was the um, um, the creek jump at uh, oh, Powerline Park. Pa- yeah, Powerline Park. There yep. we go. Yep. yep. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, Liam, shout out to Liam Draper. He won uh, there as he well. There. Like yeah. And Thad, Thad was racing. Yeah, Thad's been back on the bike. Thad's been back on the bike. That's, That's good, good to see. Yeah. Yep, it's good to see. Uh, it looks like we're, we might have a full XC1 line going into uh, – going into the, the uh, yep the uh, and then here. i saw where um i saw where Stu won a race yeah he, um the international Endurance. Yep, yep so that's he's good. really good at those yep that's good that's mm-hmm. good so what do you think i think it's about time to get our guests on the line yeah we've done enough <laughs> rambling right yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely guys so we're gonna get barry hawk on the line uh super cool awesome um actually been, i've been talking to him on the phone lately um Creeper. about the show <laughs> about the show <laughs> gosh Brandon. and uh uh, just super cool guy, like real fun to talk to. So yeah. it's it's going to be really cool to hear his opinion on stuff. Hello? Hey, Barry? 
Yes, sir. Hey, it's Cooper and Brandon from the Split Line Show. How you doing, man? Good. How you guys doing? Doing uh, good. Doing good. good. Uh, um, I know you've talked to me on the phone a couple times, but uh, yeah. this is Brandon over here, and uh, we're super pumped to have you on tonight. Yeah, glad to be on. Look, I've been looking forward to it all day, that's for sure. Yeah, for awesome. sure, man, for sure. <laughs> so, well, like, we were just talking just a little bit ago about, like, your the, the records and, and everything like that, and it's just uh, – uh, like we where do we even really start right <laughs> with, with <laughs> uh I don't know. You, that's that's a good question. I mean <laughs> I, I can tend to ramble on about stuff but uh but we, yeah, I mean I, I mean we can start back from whenever it was quad days, bike days. I mean I'll mm -hmm. I'll I'm open to whatever you guys want to do. That's right. So all right, so I'll, I'll start it off. So did you ride a bike before you rode a quad ever or did you just do quads and then went to bike? Well, I started out uh, before I was racing I, when I was 100 years ago as a kid. My dad, <laughs> my dad bought me a, a mini bike, so I actually started out on two wheels. Okay. So I started out on two wheels, and then I was one of the kids. I mean, I, I honestly, I grew up looking back on it. It was I was we were pretty poor, <laughs> so mm -hmm. my dad was a mechanic, and uh, you know he got got the mini bike really cheap. It, didn't run real good and he got it running good and then i graduated to an xr 75 and rode the wheels off that thing and um then it was just after that it was just whatever he could get running i remember i had uh i even had something pretty rare was a rm 100 hmm. so that was uh of all the the bikes i've had through the years that's one that i kind of wish i still had because i think there was not many of those around i was going to say that's a that's a money maker right now <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've been a, a, a two wheel guy to begin with, but yeah, like I said a little bit ago, I mean, I was anything my dad could get running. I mean, I even, there was a stint where I was on three wheels for a while. It was, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, again, whatever he could get, keep running for me. That's what I was on. Then I graduated, uh, I think when I was 16, just turned 16. Yeah. I ended up, they bought me, he actually, things were going good. He had a good job and bought me a brand new uh, four-wheeler, Kawasaki Mojave. That was mm -hmm. in 19, it was actually Christmas of 88, but I uh, started racing that in 1989. I was 16 years old. Man, I haven't seen one of those in a long time, the whole Mojave's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, that thing, I, there's probably, it's probably, pretty safe to say that nobody in the world put as many miles on one of those things as i did <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome um yeah so what was the uh so when you first started racing um in the atvs were, were did you go straight to gncc or did you do like some local stuff and then and then work your way up well my my first race ever was i was nine years old and i raced the the local county fair um, so that's actually my first trophy, my first race. Um, and then I didn't race again until I was 16 whenever I got that. No, actually, let me back up. I was 15 and I raced, uh, there was like another county fair type deal. I raced, um, just went out. It was a last second thing, went out and had fun. And then just one thing led to another, but I think I want to say my when I was 16 and I had that Mojave, my, probably my first race 
on that thing was actually a GNCC at Brownsville, which is this weekend's new East coast race is actually at Brownsville. So that was actually my first GNCC that that I had ever raced was Brownsville. It was only 20 minutes from where I grew up and uh, went there, raced four stroke B and got fifth place and had a lot of fun doing it. And then the next race after that was in Tarentum up where low jacks are located. I went, I think it was, Two weeks after the Brownsville race, I went there. I got fifth again in four-stroke B. Um, and I remember I had a bunch of issues. There was a massive bottleneck the first lap and things. You know, I felt like I could have done a lot better. But, again, I, again, I was 16 years old. I really didn't know much. I just wanted to go have fun riding my, my ATV. And <laughs> then the uh, the third race, or the it wasn't the third race of the season, but the third GNCC um, that I went to was at Winter Place, which anybody driving down south from where we live around here, you go down 79 to 19, and right before you get to 77, there's the Winter Place Ski Resort, which would be, if you're going south, it'd be on your left. Um, there were a few years we raced GNCCs there. That was my third ever GNCC, and I went there and I won my class. And at that point, I was hooked. I said, I yeah. don't care what I got to do, whatever got to happen. I got to go racing because this was so much fun and, you know, winning, it was like, at that point, it was just like, it's game over. Everything else, nothing else mattered. I just, I got to go racing. Whatever I got to do to go race, I'm doing it. Did you ever get to race the Blackwater? Because I think what, I, I what the, did. You did. Okay. I did. And that year in 89, I raced that, that entire season. I didn't hit all the rounds, but I raced enough to, I think back then, I think as you had to race eight races and i think i did eight that year but i raced blackwater i don't remember how i'd done it must not have been very good but i did not do very good in four stroke b and then the following year i think i would have been in four stroke a on the atvs i don't think i'd done good that year then in 91 let's see yeah 91 I went there. I think I got fourth overall. That's oh, whenever wow. it was. It was actually, there was no XC1, XC2 class. It was just 250A, four-stroke A, mm-hmm. open A, and they just adjusted times for everyone. But 250A was essentially the XC1 of the pro class. So that would have been my third year. I raced Blackwater. I got fourth overall. I was on cloud nine. You know, I was <laughs> pumped. Got, got fourth, almost got on the podium. That's so, so the cool. next year I went there in 92 and... I don't want to say I was cocky. I don't know that I've ever been cocky throughout my career, but I thought I'm going to do pretty good here. Well, I didn't. Things didn't go good. I ended up crashing really bad. Uh, I think it was the – well, there was only two laps there. I think it were like 25-mile laps, but I crashed crashed the first lap, bent my axle, continued on, tried to ride, and then ended up breaking the throttle cable, so I DNF'd in 92. Then 93, which – at the time, we didn't know it, but 93 was the last year of Blackwater. But I went there, and I was kind of – I had won a few overalls that year on the ATV. And uh, I went there like I'm, I want to I wanna win this race. And at the time, I started dating my wife, um, who was my girlfriend at the time. And if anybody's raced – uh, you know, a long time ago, you used to have to draw out of a bucket for your spoons, like a motocross star. Okay. Okay, that's, yeah, yeah. that, that's what you did for Blackwater. You draw out of a bucket. Well, she drew, I don't remember what number it was, but it was the last row 
of the XC1, the pro guys. That's where I started. And immediately she started crying. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, I'm good with it. I'm, per- I'm, I'm glad. I'm good. Because now anybody I catch, I've already got them beat on adjusted time. Yeah. So anyhow, I started. I want to say it was on like row 14 or 12 or something. Um, anyhow, I just, it was really hot, dry, dusty that year. And I knew Bob Sloan had started, I think, in the second row. And I knew he was going to be tough, and uh, I think it was maybe starting the second lap, the final lap. I caught Bob, and I'm like, man, I got him beat on adjusted time. I just got to follow him, and I kept eating his dust, eating his dust. And I'm like, I just I got to pass him, and ended up passing him, and I actually crossed the finish line first. I didn't have to, but I crossed the finish line first and, and won Blackwater, which now we know that was the last year. But oh, you know, wow. looking back on it, I was uh, – yeah, I got the – got to win the Blackwater 100 so that was that was pretty neat and at that time there was a ton of my friends were there you know it was only a couple years out of high school and a bunch of my friends went there just to you know have fun mm-hmm. and hang out and on top of that they they got to see a buddy there's Wendy overall so it was oh, that's so neat. cool so that's so cool are the stories as awesome as they as they sound when, when, like like with all the fans and everything is it as crazy as it was like we never got to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes yes it was there was quite a few uh there's a few stories i i could tell on here that are pretty entertaining there's a few of them i probably shouldn't tell but, but yeah i mean i've seen some sites there some things that is just like holy crap it was it was insane it was uh i mean i remember there was i won't say names but there was uh a few XC1 guys that after the the event on Saturday, you know, we kind of went, there was used to be like a big giant, it kind of was like Howard's hole, but it wasn't part of the race, but everybody would go hang out there and people would run through, you know, on their dirt bikes or ATVs or Jeeps, whatever, through the big mud bog. And anyhow, there was a girl that got stuck and stalled her quad. So the kind of the show, if you want to call it that, (laughs) was on hold because everybody was waiting for this girl to get out of there and, there was uh, an XC1 guy that uh, he was like, hey, honey, hold my watch. And he said, I'm going to go tackle her off the quad. Well, <laughs> he hands his watch to his wife, and he takes off running, and this girl is not, doesn't see him coming. At the last second, she spins around, sees him coming. And I'm, I wish there was phones around then because it would, actually, it would blow your mind how it happened. <laughs> the last second, she's sitting on her Honda 250X quad. As he gets there, she sees it, she spins around, and immediately as he goes to tackle her, she misses he misses her with the tackle. She puts him in a headlock and starts punching him in the head. <laughs> she gets about three or four punches on his head. He spins out, comes running back to us, and goes, you guys see that? And we're sitting there like, uh holy crap yeah we saw it. that was amazing <laughs> so I mean, that was just you know that that's just one of the hundreds of stories there that was one that i actually got to see and was you know today it would be you know i i, I don't know pick a guy in the top five overall at the time the guy was in the top five that's and funny. this happened to that's funny so, if only there were yeah. camera phones back then right, right. <laughs> oh man yeah yeah absolutely that yeah that blackwater was it was definitely one of a kind um but yeah i can looking back on it i can say i raced there and won and it was pretty neat experience that's for sure so what's really cool about your career uh racing gncc um i feel like your error like man i don't think you i don't think anybody that races from this day on can see 
the amount of growth that you saw in your career from the time that you started until the time that you retired, like, it was probably two completely different worlds from your first um, XC1 win to your last. It was. It was, and honestly, being, you know, my first win being on the ATV and my last win on the dirt bike, um, it, it honestly was, it's two different worlds totally, um, and the growth was, it's unbelievable, and it's still growing to this day, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm part of it, but um, even not just the growth, but the difference in the, you know, the, the amount of industry support on the ATV side versus the bike side, um, it's still not where I don't think anybody would like it on the ATV side. You know, we wish there was a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then back then when I started, I mean, there was, I mean, there was nothing on the ATV side. I mean, it was, you know, whatever you could get out of sponsors, you know, of, of couple tires, bumpers, whatever you could. I mean, that's like, oh, man, I finally made it. I got me a set of tires to go race Blackwater. But, (laughs) you know, to the end, to where it's at now, I mean, um, or even not even now, if I back up to when I retired, uh, 2010, I mean, just the amount of guys on the the bike side, you know, the the amount of support that they get is really, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy compared to how I started, I guess is the best way to put it. But, you know, it's good for the guys. It's good for the sport and the amount of effort. And you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time and money to to get it where it's at. And you know, thanks to GNCC and Dave and Rita Coombs and you know how what what the vision that that they had to get it to where it's at was uh, you know it's pretty pretty neat. It, that's for sure. And I'm glad glad I was part of it. I've been over 30 years now. I've been around it. So yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of growth and. I've seen some, you know, there's once in a while there's the ugly side of things pop up, but you know, overall it's been, it's been really good, really been, been a fun ride. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, and like, you know, you said, you've seen, you've seen all of it. You've seen it from, from the beginnings to, to what it is now. And you get to be a different part of it now being on the, uh, being on the team side of it. Uh, but let's go back to like your first championship um, on the ATV and then the championships to come after that. Like when you won that first championship, was it something that, took you by surprise or like was that the goal all along well i mean was it the goal yeah to win races in the championship but it was i mean what i would have been 20 years old when i won the championship um you know it wasn't like i have to win this championship that was not the mindset or where i was at i was just thinking you know go out i want to be the fastest guy i don't want to lose this race and you know, whatever race we was at, I don't want to lose. I want to, you know, I want to be the fastest guy here. And then, you know, one thing led to another one races, several races in 93. And then what's of all my, I, I won seven ATV championships, but the first one was the most unique, the most interesting. And why, why that is, is it's honestly, it's a crazy story, but at high point was the next to last round, 1993, on saturday the atv race um it was beautiful day i don't know it was in october you know later in the year probably around halloween went there and i knew if i beat what i was told is if i beat bob sloan that day i win a championship yeah (laughs) so i go into that race and i'm thinking well you know i'm 
I got to win this race. If I win the race, it doesn't matter where Bob's at. As long as I do my thing, you know, I, I can't worry about Bob. Just worry about myself. So I go into that race again, beautiful, nice 65 degree day in October. Leaves are falling. Go out race. I win the race. Won the championship. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, we're high five and celebrating, hugging. We go to Morgantown that night. If anybody's been to a high point, you know, Morgantown's just not far from there. We go out <laughs> yeah. and celebrate. I won the championship. You know, everybody's having, you know, having some drinks, enjoying the night. You know, my mom and dad's, my son won a championship. I remember it was a great time. Well, I may have had a few drinks. Honestly, I don't I don't remember. If I did, it probably wasn't many because I was focused on going back the next day to race the dirt bike. Right, because okay. That, in 1993 was my first year racing dirt bikes. So I was going back to try and, you know, redeem myself on a dirt bike and have good results that year because my results were over the map and I was in four-stroke B that class. So anyhow... We go back on Sunday. My wife and I pull in at the track, and the weather has flip-flopped. It's now about 45 degrees. It's raining sideways. It was spitting snow, I think, at some point when I left home. And I get there, and I pull in beside the sign-up trailer. And as soon as I get there, Rita Combs sticks her head out of the trailer, and she looks at me, and she kind of squints her eyes, and she points at me, and she does that finger thing like here. <laughs> And oh I'm like, you have got to be something is bad wrong. And my wife's like, what do you mean? What's wrong? I said, I don't know, but I don't have a good feeling. <laughs> so I go in the trailer and Rita says, Barry, I'm sorry, but we had a miscalculation. I said, what do you mean? She said, you didn't win the championship. I oh. said, what? What? Are you kidding? This is before computers. You right? know, everything yeah. now is boom, boom, boom. Well, this is all hand scoring. So I'm like, what do you mean? I won the race. She said, yep, there's no doubt. You won the race yesterday, you know, because this was Sunday and I'll bike day. She said, you won the race, and here's the points. I'm going to show you. Here's the points. This is where you're at. I said, okay. And if the next race, which actually was in Tennessee at the Dallas Ricker track um, that year, it was uh, if, you, if you went to that, I said, if I go to that race, it doesn't matter what Bob does. I won a championship if you add it up. She goes, here's the problem. That is for the, I think, the class points. She said the overall points, if you look at it, oh. it comes down to whoever does better at the last race. If I get 15th and Bob gets 14th, Bob won a championship or vice versa. It didn't <laughs> right. matter what place we got. Whoever was in front of the other guy was going to win a championship. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> so now I'm mad. I don't have the championship. Everybody's all like, I can't believe this happens. How did they let this happen? And I'm like, you know what it is, what it is. Let's. Forget about it. I got to go race my dirt bike. I think I went and won four-stroke B that day. So fast forward two weeks, we go to Dallas Ricker. So we take off, you know, and there was I felt more pressure at that event than I did at High Point. But I'm like, you know what? Worry about myself. So I remember myself and Bob Sloan, and it was down between me and Bob. And Steve Holbert that year was riding really, really well. We take off, and it was us three were one, two, three, First lap, we're going, well, I get a flat tire. This is before tire balls, before any of that. <laughs> I get a flat on the first lap. And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. I'm losing this championship. Well, I pull in. We switch my tire. It was a right rear. Pull in. My wife, my mechanic, my mom, everybody chips in, helps change the rear tire. Throw the new tire on. Boom, I take off. Well, now I'm, I don't know what place I'm in, but I'm not in third now. I take off, and I'm on a mission. I got to catch Bob. Well, I'm going, 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 and I'm 
not really he's not pulling away i get a pit board he's like 40 seconds in front of me mm. he's not pulling away but i'm not gaining on him well coming down i think it, i want to say it was like a five lap race coming to the third lap i'm going all of a sudden i see him catching bob really really fast he has a flat tire oh. i'm like oh man now it's game on well he pulls in the pits and i had seen him because you there was a big motocross track there so i had seen him going you know that i was catching him he was several straightaways ahead of me on the on the motocross track well by the time he pulls in and i go by him he pulls out not far behind me probably 10 seconds behind me and we're going and he catches me passes me but steve holbert's in front of us at this point we come around we get the white flag bob and i are still will to will we're back and forth back and forth back and forth and we're going and steve was leading Bob's second, I'm third. Well, we're going, and I know Bob's thinking the same thing as me. We don't care about Steve. We just got to beat each other. Halfway through the last lap, we're going through a field. Steve Holbert has a flat tire, and we both pass him about two gears higher than he is. So now <laughs> we're first, Bob's first, I'm second. And I can still picture this to this day. We come go through this really fast field. We got about a mile to go. And as soon as you turn left out of the this really fast field it kind of got into some slower tighter woods well a lapper had turned left and bob followed the lapper and i remember you went around this kind of a big scrubby bush type tree it went around it well i ducked my head and went under this tree and was probably 10 feet from bob and the lapper but i went under it not knowing what was on the other side other than it's a big scrubby tree and i can try to make a pass well i come out in front of the lapper and bob and at that point, I realized I got a lapper between us. I got to go as fast and as hard as I can to the finish. And Bob got around him that lapper really quick, but I ended up winning the Dallas Ricker race. Bob finished a second or a couple of seconds behind me, but I won that race. So what's really unique is I got to celebrate that championship twice in the same <laughs> year because I won two weeks after high point. I won the Dallas Ricker race. So I got to celebrate. It's got. Uh, it's kind of like I almost won that championship twice. Yeah, right? that's right. like yeah, two two championship <laughs> celebrations. I'm sure the second one was. Uh, I mean, I would say yeah. it was almost even more more so because you know that's something that could like wreck you, Brandon. Don't oh, you yeah. think? Oh, like, yeah. uh, could you imagine like being in that situation, like, and then having to wait two weeks to to find to, out to, to, to really <laughs> you know go for it again? I, I'm sure that was a. Um, um, an emotional field filled uh, two weeks in between those races. Oh yeah, it was, it was crazy. But I, one thing I always did good is I always handled the pressure really well. And for me, it was almost like the more pressure and the more behind the eight ball I got, the better, the better that I, um, I guess I rode. The more pressure, the better was the easiest way to say it. Yeah. So, but you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, if I. A lot of people probably would have imploded in that situation, but you know, looking back on it, it probably helped me throughout my career because there was there was no other championship that I had ever you know went through, or you know, the championships that I won. There was no other ones that had had that amount of pressure or that scenario. Mm -hmm. So the rest of them, I don't want to say they're easy, but they were definitely easier to handle yeah. and to get through <laughs> than that first championship. Right. Uh, we actually have a, a question. Before we get too far away from the uh, Blackwater topic, uh, a question from one of our listeners, um, Austin Hurst, wants to know, snowshoe versus black Blackwater, which was more technical and which was crazier? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, it was 
That that's a good question. Um, that's kind of like the age-old question. I'll, I'll say I'll say this: like the snowshoe of today, and I raced. I forget the first year at snowshoe, maybe like oh six or seven. So I have three, four, five snowshoes under my belt. The first year at snowshoe, the track is was a lot smaller, a lot more condensed compared to what Blackwater was. Um, but that snowshoe in the first year we raced there was, in my opinion, was tougher than the Blackwater races because the Blackwater races were you would go through some technical stuff. It's kind of similar to how snowshoe is now. Okay. You go through some technical stuff and then you kind of on some fire roads, some fields, and then you get some technical stuff. But um, yeah, that the first year at snowshoe, that one was, oh man, that was, I, I was off my bike so many times pushing and, you know, I was never off my, I, I guess I raced a bike at Blackwater once, but I was never off that much at, at pushing at Blackwater as I was at Snowshoe. Hmm. Now, that's the black, you know, the last few years of Blackwater. Maybe the first few years could have been very similar to the Snowshoe years. I don't know. I wasn't around at the early years of Blackwater. But, yeah, the, the last year of Blackwater and the last year at Snowshoe this year, um, I would say are very, very similar in terrain wise and, and how they, you know, sections would be tough and then other sections just kind of like, you know, easier run down a, I don't want to say a fire road, but you know, an easier trail. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the debate. That's the debate. They always, the age old question is, uh, cause you know, they, 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 they compare, you know, that no, no races like old and new kind of get compared more than those two. I don't right. think. Yeah. Now one thing, I guess unique at Blackwater, um, like, well, everybody knows, if you've been to Snowshoe, everybody knows how that is. Um, there was several spots at Blackwater, like Howard's Hole, um, but something that Snowshoe does not have compared to Blackwater was Blackwater had these, they were like peat bogs, like peat moss, mm -hmm. and you would be going through this random, it's almost like a prairie if you've ever been out west, you're going through this random kind of field-looking thing with some peat moss and then all of a sudden you could dive off into a like look like a little creek and get stuck and it was actually like quicksand i got oh, stuck man. my first year so bad on the atv i had to there was a bunch of us stuck but there was myself and three other random guys were all stuck none of us could get out so we're all like hey you help me i'll help you well four of us get on four you know my quad then we go to the other quad and then the third guy's quad and the fourth guy's quad to lift them out but they were actually like suctioned in when you would pull the quad the tires up out of the peat bulbs you would actually hear suction coming off of the tires like oh wow and you have to hold the atv up and walk out of it and then set it down but it wasn't hundreds of yards long with these peat bulbs they were only anywhere from six feet wide to 12 feet wide you know it was a very short piece mm -hmm. but but it was gnarly getting through it that's for sure <laughs> Yeah, I, I've heard some of the about my uh, step, uh, my father-in-law. Um, he, um, he he tells me all these stories about how, how he used to go up and watch the Blackwater and uh, how some guys some some guys just left their bikes there. They're like, hey, if you guys can <laughs> get it out, you guys can have it. <laughs> who, I, I missed who you said it was. It was who my was it? my, my uh, step, um, not my step, but my um, father-in-law. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. Gotcha. He used to go up there, and he said that a lot of the dirt bike guys would just leave their bikes. They're just like, <laughs> like, hey, guys, if you guys can get it out, you guys can have it. But uh, they said they couldn't even get it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. So, okay, I, I have a question, and, and it's kind of like, you know, whenever you decided to make the switch from ATVs to dirt bikes, um, were, 
I assume because you talk about how you would race both uh, mm -hmm. while you were doing while you were running for the championships um, in the ATV class. Uh, were you just progressively getting better on the bikes and then decided to make the switch full time after that? Or how did that play out? Well, how that played out was in 1993, the first year I won my ATV championship. Um, that year, Bob Sloan, Steve Holbert were number one, number two overall on ATV. And they were racing on Sunday at the dirt bike uh, race. They were doing it just to kind of cross train to help them on the ATV. And there were several races that year. Um, well, let me back up. They were doing this in 92. There were several races that year that they were doing really good and getting in the top 20 overall. And I want to say they were riding like four-stroke A-class. But anyhow, I would go like High Point and, and Fairmont up at Bunners Ridge, Hard Rock, uh, Brownsville. I would go watch those races on Sunday after we raced on Saturday. And I'm watching the guys that I'm racing on the ATVs, Bob and, uh, and Steve. They're getting a top 20 overall on the bike. So I'm like, man, I, I want to do that. <laughs> I was like the number three, four, or five guy on the ATV. I said, I want to do that. So luckily, one thing led to another, and I got uh, Bromley Suzuki out of out by Philadelphia. I had that shop. They were like, yeah, we'll help you out on a DR350 Suzuki. If you want to go you know, ride it, we'll help you out this year. So I started in 93. Um, I think I may have raced the entire series that year on the bike because I was – at all the events for the ATV, but I, I'm pretty sure, you know, I said, hey, I'm going to go race four-stroke B-class, just see how I could do, just to help cross-train on for the dirt bike. That that was my goal. That is what I set out to do is just, I want to ride a dirt bike because I want to get better on the ATV. And, and I ended up winning four-stroke B that year, um, not, which was 93 on the bike. In 94, I went to four-stroke A, and I progressed really, really quick. And uh, I started getting a top 20, you know, one year in, year year and a half in, I'm in a top 20 overall on the dirt bike, which was 94. And then I kept progressing, 95, 96, 97. I moved to 250A, which would be, like now, that would be the XC2 class. I moved okay. in 97 to 250A, but that was also the year I broke my wrist at the first round in florida on atv oh so i kind of was behind the eight ball i had surgery had a screw put in my wrist and uh i ended up i think i only missed one round on the atv but it would always hurt so bad i couldn't race on sunday i missed a bunch of rounds on the bike in 97. well then we went into summer break and my wrist was good so after summer break 97 i'm still break on the bike i'm 250a I think it was the last three rounds of the year, 97, I got sixth overall, I think at all th the last three rounds. And that was in 250A. So, you know, I'm pretty pumped. I'm like, you know, I'm winning on Saturday and I'm getting top, almost top five overall on Sunday on the bike. And then anyhow, uh, at the end of that season, Bromley Suzuki came to me and they had supported me that entire time, which I'm grateful for. But they said, hey, we're not gonna help you in 98. Uh, it's nothing personal. It's just, you know, the, there was a, the family. There were some things that changed around the shop. There was a few brothers running it. And there were some things, you know, just they, they were start getting married, having kids, and they couldn't travel as much. So they said, you know, we're not going to be able to help you in 98. I said, I understand. There's no hard feeling. For 98, I'm talking to my wife, and I'm like, you know, I, 
I, I can't support myself racing a dirt bike in 98. You know, I'm, I got to race the ATV. I can't pull enough support, enough help on uh, the bike side to go race in 98. I'm going to have to, you know, retire and quit racing the dirt bike. I'm done. You know, I can't, honestly, I couldn't afford it. You know, mm-hmm. I was trying to do some odd jobs on the side and my wife was working. I'm racing ATV, doing some other stuff, but I just honestly could not afford to go buy a dirt bike and go race on Sundays. Well, at the last second, luckily, things uh, panned out for me. I got a call from Randy Hawkins. Uh, he said, hey, I knew who he was. Um, you know, I talked to him a few times on a dirt bike, and he was like, hey, I got the Yamaha team. He said, Yamaha's coming out with a YZ400 four-stroke, and we want someone else to race it. Are you interested in racing that? And I'm like, yep, sign me up. <laughs> Whatever I got to do, I want to continue to race a dirt bike. He said, okay, but what about your ATV? I said, well, I would like to continue to race ATV, but it's, um, you know, uh, but if I, I, I don't want to quit, but I can't afford to quit the ATV. So anyhow, luckily we worked through things with Yamaha. They said, we'll help you on the GNCC racing the dirt bike, the YZ400 on Sunday, and you can go race your ATV on Saturday. So I'd done that in 98 and 99, race for Yamaha and pro, um, Yamaha and results was okay but again looking back on it that YZ400 was not the you know it was still early years the infancy of the four strokes on the dirt bike side and there was a lot of you know a pretty steep learning curve trying to figure the thing out and uh, but again I was thinking I'm just doing this at the point you know I want to help me on the ATV but I kept getting better and better on the bike. Now I'm pro rider, you know, I'm the XC1 Saturday, I'm XC1 Sunday. And at the end of 99, Yamaha came to me and said, hey, we want you to race. We want you to not, you know, race the ATV anymore. We want to pay you to be a pro rider, you know, focus on racing the dirt bike on Sunday. And I said, okay, but I need more money. And they said, okay. So one thing led to another, we negotiated contract stuff. And I was paid enough money to not race the ATV anymore, and I could just focus on the dirt bike and retire on the ATV side. So that's how it kind of worked out. You know, that's a short abbreviated version, but that's how I got to be where I was at on the bike. I could retire on the ATVs, just focus on the dirt bike and see how things would turn out. And, you know, hopefully it would pan out and I could go eventually – you know, be a podium guy and maybe win races. Nobody ever thought that I could win races or a championship on a bike. They just knew I could get top tens. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, just one thing led to another on the dirt bike. And, and so 98, 99, I raced the four stroke. And then 2000, I talked to Yamaha. Now I'm racing dirt bikes only. I'm factory Yamaha. I want to switch to a two stroke. So they let me race a two stroke and then, I had a very up and down year. One race I would get fourth, fifth, sixth overall. Next race I would ride around in 18th place. Mm-hmm. But I was a pro rider. I'm, I'm a Yamaha salary pro rider, and they, you know, I was getting phone calls. You know, what's wrong? What, what, what? How can we fix this? And I'm like, I'm trying to figure it out. So I kind of was all over the map in 2000, 2001. Really didn't change much in my program, other than I'm like, I have to figure this out. I'm at the point I could do it on the ATV. I could win races. Why can't I win races on a dirt bike? I can lead races early on, but I can't finish it. And 2001, 
I had a pretty good start. It's at the Matthews Farms, the, the across from High Point. What's it called now? The Mason Dixon, yeah, I think. Mason yeah, Mason Dixon, yep. Yeah, 2001, first year, first time ever racing there. I had a good start. I got up front early on. And I led that race from the first lap, not from the start, but from some point in the first lap, I got in the lead and led all the way to the checkered flag and got my first bike overall. And I was so happy because I finally accomplished, like, I finally, I'm not just a, a, an ATV guy now that goes fast on a dirt bike. I'm actually a legit dirt bike guy now that can win races. Right. I was so happy, but I was also so mad at myself because I'm like, I'm such an idiot. Why did it take me so long to figure this out on the bike? And I knew what I did at that race once it was over. I worried about me. I didn't care about anyone else like I was on the ATV. I'm just racing the track. Don't worry about anybody else. But on the bike, I was always worried about the other guys. Well, that specific race is when I figured I'm like, you know what? Race the track. Worry about me. And I got my first win and then end up winning quite a few after that. And got, only got one championship, but still it was, uh, you know, it was pretty neat. I got a some wins after that and then the europeans came over and ktm was on a mission to win gncc so i got a got a bunch of second places to those guys but uh yeah that that's kind of in a short nutshell that's how i initially set out to ride a dirt bike only to help me cross train on an atv to go faster on an atv but i just kept progressing to the point where i'm like you know I've, I've accomplished what I wanted to on the ATV. Let's see if I can do this on the bike now. But that was not the initial intention or the initial goal. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, huh. so was there any point in time during that, was it two or three year, two year span, three year span before you, or two years span before you started becoming a race winner that you were like second guessing the decision to fully go into just the dirt bikes or was it just like, man, I just got to keep grinding. I know I can do it. Well, in 99, and honestly, this is, it's not embarrassing, but my last few years on the ATV racing it, my, I can say this for hundred percent accuracy in 1999, my last year racing the ATV, I rode it. 15 times and 13 of those times was it at GNCC. Wow. So I had only ridden the ATV two times coming into the season and it was suspension testing for probably 30 minutes. So I was like so focused that year on a dirt bike and trying to do good on it, but I was getting so much seat time and I was in shape from riding the dirt bike that I didn't have to worry about the ATV because I was I was way more, and I still to this day, I'm way more naturally talented on an ATV than I am on a dirt bike. So the ATV came way more natural. It came way more easy for me than the dirt bike side of it. Mm -hmm. But so, that year in 99, it was like I was like, you know, I'm going to go do what my job on the ATV and try and win races. But I did not have fun that year on the ATV. And it's right. crazy to say that I won races in a championship, but it wasn't fun. But it wasn't. And, you know, that was seven-year run of winning races, championships, and the pressure. And I was like, you know what? I'm ready to move on from this. I'm not leaving the sport. I love it. Um, but I'm ready to move on from the ATVs and try this other career on dirt bikes. And fortunately, I'm, you know, I'm not going backwards money-wise. I have a, a lot, a potentially a lot brighter future on the dirt bikes than, a, than on the ATVs. I, mean, I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. So, you know, and this one thing led to another, and 
Yeah, it's almost like it was two different lifetimes. Yeah, side uh, versus the bike side, <laughs> but but it was it's it's been it's been a crazy ride, but it's been fun. So one thing I kind of seemed interesting. It seemed like it was kind of the thing to do to ride both days, like dirt bike and quad uh back then right and you don't see that a lot nowadays no <laughs> no no you don't really see that much anymore um and i think i think a big reason for that is just because of the sport it's almost like the guys now um the walker fowler the bryson neal um bryson was actually on my team for a few years so i know i i can speak firsthand of how much he trains and how much work he puts in he rides his atv a ton and I did not do that, um, but I think now that it's easier for the guys to get parts and to, to keep the things running, if I broke something, I mean, you call, whether it was an axle or whatever it was, you call California and you say, hey, I need an axle. Well, a week and a half later, you might get an axle. Well, now it's like, you know, I mean, the guys have all the product there. I know it's a little bit more difficult since the covid hit but you know the guys can keep their machines running now easier than what i could back then so that's why i kind of was like yeah let's race the or let's let's get on this dirt bike to get the seat time in but keep the atv uh for when i have to get on it mm -hmm. so you know i i think that but that's just the evolution of the sport that's just where it's at that's how you know just everything constantly changes and moves and you got to stay on top of it from from the evolution of the sport, from the days that you raced the ATV until now, what would you say is the biggest difference maker? Like whether it be a part, um, or uh, yeah, like 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 what's the biggest difference in the quads you raced back then and now? Like because um, uh, I can think of a few like that that would come to my mind. But what to your mind, what's like the biggest thing? Um. <sighs> I would say probably one of the, the the first thing that comes to mind is the evolution of the four stroke mm -hmm. compared to whenever I was racing the you know it was a two fifty R Honda engine and then we kept building them bigger and bigger and bigger to where it was two ninety fives three tens I think three thirties we tried um, two strokes but then Yamaha came along and, and made the four stroke which was kind of copied off of the dirt bike side but. Um, I think on the ATV and dirt bike both, it's just the evolution of the four-stroke and, and how power is a different delivery compared to the two-stroke and the RPMs and how you can ride them. And, and honestly, I think they're easier to ride. Today's four-strokes, whether it's an ATV or dirt bike, they're easier to ride than a two-stroke because oh, yeah. a two-stroke, the power band, you know, when it kicks in, it's a little more physical. And honestly, you can kind of be pretty lazy on today's. If you want to go fast on an ATV, you're not in shape, you work 40 hours a week, you want to go race on the weekend, you're not in shape, you can get on a, uh, whether it's a dirt bike or an ATV now, the four strokes, and you can go really fast, and you can, you got enough power on those things to get over, whether you need to blip it to get over a log or a ditch or whatever. It was a lot more physical on whether it's a 252 stroke dirt bike or a 250 quad it was you had to manhandle it to get over that stuff mm -hmm. and today's stuff it's just it's easier and i'll tell people this this day i've told it several times the past few weeks i got the job done on the atv and the bike but i was a lazy rider <laughs> and and when i say a lazy rider it was like i let the machine do mm -hmm. the work do 
the most work it could for me. I didn't want to be hanging off the side of a quad or <laughs> into a bike through the rocks. I wanted it to do the work, and I want to if it can, and then whatever I got to do to get it through the rest of the section or get it through the race or whatever, I'll do that part. But I want it to do the work, so that's why I say I'm a lazy rider. Yeah. yeah. And today's machines let me be a lazy rider, but still go fast. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're definitely fast. They're definitely that's fast. For sure. And then like you, you said something earlier in in our talk talking about like your flat tire and no there weren't tire balls back then. Man, that right there has got to be a huge advantage in these guys' corners nowadays to be able to have the confidence to like back then you had to. I'm sure that was always on your mind, like, okay, I got to be careful with these tires because, you know, a flat could come into play at any point in time. Oh, absolutely. That's probably one of the second biggest things I would say next to the four-stroke is the tire balls on the ATV and the moose tubes on a dirt bike is the guys don't have to finesse the stuff now. You don't have to worry about getting a flat. And I actually, for a few years, I had one of Bryson Neal's hand-me-down squads and, and it had the tire balls in it and i actually from my end of my racing on the atv to where i really didn't ride an atv much until i got bryson's quad which was a few years ago i still rode that thing almost like how i raced it like i would tiptoe through the rocks and then i realized like i don't have to tiptoe <laughs> really i can do whatever i want here I might cut a tire ball, but I can keep on hammering. <laughs> but, you know, through the years on a dirt bike, I started out on the inner tubes, and it was the same as on a dirt bike. Like, oh, you can't get a flat. Well, it's, you know, again, that's something that has evolved and has changed and has moved. You know, the sport has moved on from that stuff. But it would be really neat if you put today's guys on, whether it was a bike or an ATV, and you put an inner tube in there and you <laughs> said go race, they – they probably would not make no. one mile into the race, and they would all be like, oh, "I got a flat tire. I don't understand what, what's the deal." So that would throw a curveball and everything, and it, it won't happen. But it would be an interesting, uh, you know, if if we if we could ever get pulled off or you yeah. know, somebody could do it, that it would, would be cool. It would definitely it would be cool for sure. That would be yeah. cool. I, I don't know what the, what the status of it this year, but I remember last year the 2021 uh, snowshoe race, the ATV podium. I believe there was five tires on the podium that was not flat right out of all out of all three of the atvs so and that's what tire balls and that's what yeah well i mean yeah, yeah. i mean wow. yeah and, and then i think uh walker said that like he'd even busted a few of the tire balls like they just slam into rocks nowadays right. <laughs> wow yeah yeah that's that's crazy and yeah i mean you can still cut a tire but you still got the tire balls in there but yeah it's that's definitely you know, it's it's changed. That has changed the sport for sure mm -hmm. on both sides, ATV and dirt bike. Yeah. So, so moving on from your career, um, I think one thing that's cool is how you've been able to stay in the GNCC community um, through one way or another. Uh, like the the five year stint that you ended up putting in while while designing the the uh, GNCC tracks uh, to now when you're a team manager. Um, what were those? What are these roles like? Like um, um, you know, after stepping off the bike and into more of a um, uh, a team atmosphere, but yeah. then when you were designing tracks, that was more. Um, uh, was that a fun experience for you to to be able to do that? 
Um, yeah, it was actually my favorite part of that job, and I had worked it for five years laying out the tracks, and, and it wasn't just laying out the tracks. I mean, it would be work high point, motocross national, and Loretta Lynn's, and, and, you know, there was a bunch of other stuff that goes along with it, but my favorite part was actually designing or laying out the, the GNCC track because you have to lay it out from everyone from a, a beginner ATV youth rider all the way to the pro guys on Sunday that's you know racing the dirt bikes for a living and I had raced both sides so I kind of knew what and how to lay out the track I knew what I like for fun um, what I look forward to in a track I always thought that was uh, you know it was pretty it was pretty neat for me to do that. It was honestly, it was like a giant puzzle I had to put together. And it was, when we would get to a specific track, I just picked somewhere, John Pitt, Jeff Russell, he would say, hey, I'm gonna, the pits are, we, everybody knows where the pits are going to be at John Pitt, but I'm going to put the finish here and it starts here. So I had to make the track take off from the start and get to the finish and try to get as many miles as possible to the finish but make it fun and it was a giant puzzle and there's always track changes from the youth ATV to the 10 a.m. to the well now it's a 2 p.m. race and then then you had UTVs and then um, then you go on the bikes on Sunday so every race there's track changes um, you know some tracks the youth tracks are obviously shorter than the 10 a.m. and the 10 a.m. shorter than the pro race and on and on and on but that was uh it was a giant puzzle I had to put together. Um, it was pretty hectic, pretty stressful during the week. But come Saturday morning, it's like all the work's done. You just got to make sure that the race keeps flowing. So that was, it was neat, but it was pretty stressful um, because I went from only worrying about myself and racing to now I had to worry about everybody, everybody out on track. I wanted to make it fun for everyone, but I also had to make it safe as possible. And a lot of times what some people think is fun is not so safe. So <laughs> you have to, you know, it was a kind of a fine line. You had to walk there to, uh, to make sure things went smoothly. And, you know, there was bottlenecks. That was the big thing that you don't want to happen. But there's always going to be some point somewhere you don't anticipate something happening. And it does. But regardless, it was, uh, it was a... It was a fun experience, and I'd done that for five years. And then the opportunity that came up to to manage the, the Coastal Waste team in 2016, uh, that I transitioned from GNCC to the team manager for, for Coastal. And that year was by far the most stressful and hectic year mm. being the man, on the manager side because we had we worked with Polaris on the UTD side. We had a little bit of help with Bryson and Eli Kiger on the ATV side. And then on the dirt bike side, I worked with Husqvarna and had Ryan Sipes and Craig DeLong and Lane Michael. So I was working with uh, Polaris, Husky, and Yamaha. <laughs> so I kind of, I was tiptoeing around a lot of stuff, a lot of issues and trying to keep everybody happy and make sure everybody had the product and everything that, that goes along with it. And, you know, I would start out the day with a ATV shirt on, then later in the day I would throw on a Polaris UTV shirt, and Sunday <laughs> I would wear a Husqvarna shirt. So that was pretty hectic. But then things had transitioned over the years to where the eight or the UTVs went away, and then we got away from the ATV side of, of helping that side out, and then just was doing the dirt bikes with uh, Coastal Husky support, which transitioned to now we're the factory gas gas team. So. 
it's been, uh, you know, I have been all over the map from, you know, beginner B-class racer all the way to pro ATV to pro dirt bike to track designer to team manager now. So I, yeah. I've done just about everything <laughs> I've raced. Uh, I even raced UTVs a few times, and I've raced the e-bikes a few times. So I think the You've... entire – I've got the entire GNCC realm of racing covered the only thing i can say i did not do and i am not eligible ever to do is race the youth class oh <laughs> no stasics so either I... uh-oh you there i think we might have lost him there you there oh. Yep. Oh, okay, okay. We, we lost you just for a second. Just for a second. Okay. But uh, yeah, you've definitely covered um, A to Z uh, when it comes to the GNCC Nation. And and uh, Brandon and I, we were talking about before you came on this evening, uh, an awesome like honor was that you were a um, uh, I, I guess w would it be a finalist to to be in the AMA Hall of Fame uh, this year in the class? Um, um, I mean, just being just being listed uh, as a potential candidate for that is gotta be like surreal for you. Yeah, it was, and honestly, I come to find out that my father and my wife and my son and my daughter, I think they kind of played a big part in it, and they actually kept a lot of it away from me. I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even know it was going to happen until I had the guy that does our PR stuff for the gas gas team. He texts me, Hey, congratulations. And I'm like, uh, this was earlier in the day of, you know, a month or so ago. And I'm like, uh, thanks. But I didn't know what he's talking about. I didn't elaborate. I'm like, I have no clue what he's talking about. Well, fast forward to, that evening, I'm sitting on the couch with my wife and my son. My daughter uh, lives in South Carolina now. Anyhow, I forget if I got a phone call or a text. Somebody said something, and then I got a text. And then I looked up AMA. I just Googled AMA Hall of Fame, and then it was, you know, my name was in there. And then I told my wife, I'm like, hey, look. And she's like, what? It's out. Oh, man, we've done a lot of stuff. And your mom has done, you know, <laughs> a, a ton of work for this. And she's been working her butt off. And, you know, there's really been a lot go on that you don't know behind the scenes to get you to be on the ballot for for the hall of fame and you know my son you know he was there smiling and uh you know he took i don't know how big of a part he had in that but um called my daughter you know and everybody was pretty happy and i was pretty pumped but then it turned it transitioned to like oh crap once i found out the the criteria to get in to get nominated I was like, I don't know that I'm going to get in this year because it's going to be tough with James Stewart being on the ballot. That's, <laughs> that, that's a shoe in. Everybody agrees that like that guy was phenomenal. He's mm -hmm. in. So then it comes down to there's only two people left on the competition side that's going to be eligible eligible to get in. And unfortunately, I didn't get in. But yeah, it was a neat experience just to be on the ballot. And you know, people, you know, I've had. Several people call, text me, uh, see me at High Point stuff. I mean, just, you know, some old ATV friends, Chris Gillette, um, Craig Greenwood, you know, a bunch of those guys say, hey, man, you know, we, you got our, we got our vote. Hopefully you should get in. And, but, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty neat. 
pretty neat experience for sure. Yeah, I mean, hey, when you read the resume, like, because I read the resume of everybody there, and of course, you know, James Stewart, that's like, <laughs> you know, he should have been in like the minute he stepped off the bike. But um, right, um, when you read the resumes, like, like your resume definitely deserved to be there. <laughs> so it, it was cool to see that, mm-hmm. and and all, awesome representation for the GNCC nation yep. for sure. Uh, but yep. a, a minute ago, you mentioned your son, and um, I, so you've 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 covered every base and i know it's not like on a uh, a dirt bike but i would still consider you a moto dad right <laughs> since, since since he's racing the oh. uh, gncc emtbs oh yeah yeah i'm the full-on moto dad and the first <laughs> uh actually a little known fact for the e-bikes is i i guess i kind of played a, a critical role in getting them into the series oh, because cool. i had when high bike came along years and years ago and they wanted to help my team out, I went to racer productions to GNCC and I'm like, Hey, we have these e-bikes and my guys allowed to inspect the track with them, blah, blah, blah. Well, they didn't know what they were. Nobody really knew what they were. So anyhow, I went through everything and I got them approved for my guys at the time, which was site, Ron Sipes, Lane, Michael, Craig DeLong to go check the track out. Well, right away, all the other guys were like, well, what do they got? Well, it's a motor. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I said, no, the rule, there's a rule. They're allowed to use them. Well, then it exploded, and then everybody started having them, and then they're like, well, let's go racing. So the first year, um, I forget, and we're probably four or five years into it now. They mm-hmm. kind of was like 2019, my son said, was kind of like the pilot program. We're going to race a couple EMTB races, and he, I would bring the, the bikes home, uh, between races and he just rode the wheels off of them and then one thing led to another and then he enjoyed racing it and the first i think it was 20 was 2019 the first full year racing them yeah, okay so yeah. 2018 would have been the first year like the pilot program so 2019 the first full year i actually was racing all the emtv races um in the amateur class and my son was in the youth class well, I was beating him at the time overall, <laughs> and, but I knew he was getting faster. And it, it kind of to, to get to the point, a couple of years ago at Loretta Lynn's, I was still racing a lot of the e-bike races. And it was just myself and my son, Talon, at Loretta's. And I'm like, do you want me to race the bike or do you want me to be like the chase crew? And he's like, he wouldn't say, but I, I, kinda, I know now that he wanted me to be the chase crew. So <laughs> at that event, that was... I never raced uh, a GNCC EMTB race. I don't think after that because I just been full on motor dad chase crew for him. I mean, I you can't be on the track when they're out there racing, but I go from point to point, running around and making sure you know if if he has a bike issue or a flat tire or telling him split times or whatever I got to do. I think I put as many miles on as they do racing and I'm my heart rate is through the roof because <laughs> I'm going point to point and you know and then I get there and I sit there and I'm waiting for him to get like a snowshoe I couldn't there was like three or four minutes of the track I couldn't see him they would drop over the hill and then I'm sitting there I'm like oh he should have been here by now he should have been here do I start running backwards <laughs> on the track and then here he comes I'm like okay I can calm down now but yeah it's been uh it's been neat you know seeing him racing and uh you know him being part of it it's uh you know, I like I'm, I enjoy running around and uh, I really enjoy whenever he has a good result and he can win some races. It's been it's been tough this year. I think he has what you have four or five second places he has. So it's been tough for him. It's been tough for me, um, you know, seeing him. At, I mean, he's getting a podium, but it's the XC2 class. But 
everybody knows it's it's not the same as a win. So, but it's yeah. it's been good. It's been fun up to this point. We we go this weekend to Loretta Lens, and we'll head out Friday morning and check the track out. And that's his favorite track. And uh, hopefully, he's how many years have you won there, Talon? Two years. He's 19, won 20, 21. So he's won three years at Loretta's. He loves the track. So hopefully, he can get another year there and get get some good results. Yeah, that's that's the big one, right? It's like ten thousand to win for the EMTs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's I awesome. Know, I don't, I don't know if there's any money that goes back into the XC2 class, but we should look into that talent. Oh, yeah. Sure <laughs> yeah, I got you. He's on speakers. So yeah, he's, yeah, I, I, I hear talent. I hear talent. So talent, uh, welcome to the show, man. We appreciate you uh, uh, g- giving us some time tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, just. I don't know. Good to be on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. No, it's awesome. It's been fun talking to your dad. Uh, but like, we're we're sitting here looking at your uh, at your at your finish seat, and like your dad said, man, you know, you have uh, you know a, a bunch of seconds, and you only have one race off the podium this year. So, uh, I mean, you're having a pretty stellar season so far. Yeah, it's the first couple races. Uh, they were cold and muddy. I got a decent result at them, and then. The one race where I wasn't on the podium, it was John Penton. I had a, would have been basically a wet tire, but it wasn't that wet as we thought it was going to be. They cut out so, a lot of the slick stuff. So it was basically like I had a slick tire on in the, or slick, or yeah, or wet tires a lot skinnier than my normal tire. Mm-hmm. So I had less contact on the ground. I kept skidding out and like seemed like every single turn. So I went as fast as I could, but there was like nothing that I felt like I could do. Yeah, it, that that's that that one we were there. My boy raced a 50 cc race that yeah. morning, and it was a mud mess. <laughs> and uh, he actually didn't even well, he pushes by cross finish line, but um, but that that was a tricky that was tricky. And didn't wasn't the storm rolling in in that race too? Um, when you guys were finishing up, maybe in the jump. Yeah, well, we were sitting on the starting line, and it was like like there's always wind before a storm, and it like we the wind was coming, and like there was. I think there was a risk of lightning, so they delayed the start for 30 minutes. And then they were like, okay, there's been no lightning in the last 30 minutes. We're going to go. And then we took off. And I remember when the wind blew, there was so much pollen in the air. Everyone was coughing. I don't even think anyone was going as fast as they could because we were all basically like just trying not to be choked out by the pollen. (laughs) And then – so I had my bad race there, and then me and another guy in my class ended up getting lost. So it wasn't very good for me or him. And then I think I got lapped that race was by far the worst race I've done all year, maybe ever. But like last lap, I was coming, and it was like a downpour hit, like a half a mile from the finish line, and I was like, "Yep, that seals the deal on this race." <laughs> now, now. We've okay, so you are the the um, the highest level um, um, EMTB racer that we've had on. Like we've never had um, an XC1 uh, rider on uh, to this point. So, like, are you guys like max heart rate the entire race? Like, what is a race like uh, physically like on you throughout uh, uh, the, uh, the the race for you guys? So a lot of the races they don't start out with a sprint, but the start is definitely like the fastest part you go and then like i know my class there's me and ty teasdale which has won four four or five races this year me and him i'll stick with him for the first lap and we like we go pretty hard like 
I know like we're both like breathing super hard. I don't, we're not at max, but because we got to conserve for an hour. And then, so we go and then I stick with him as for as long as I can. And then there's almost like, I think the second and third lap, I always try to just like stay calm. Don't do anything. Don't mess up to the point where I have to push. So I don't yeah. want to spike my heart rate. But then the last lap, I always go, I don't have to conserve anymore. So it's just last lap is sometimes my fastest lap just because I can give it everything I got left in the tank. And then sometimes it ends up being the fastest lap. Yeah, Guys, yeah. I, I, I can chime in here and I still, I wear my heart rate monitor. Um, I know, I assume the ATV guys do, but all the bike guys still wear their heart rate monitor. I even, if I race a local race, I'll still wear my chest strap and, you know, I got the high end polar watch now, but anyhow, a couple years ago, racing the John Penton, was that last year, Talon, or two yeah, years ago? Year. Okay, so actually, I forgot about I raced John Penton last year, and my heart rate, I, I don't know the exact number, but my heart rate average for one hour and 10 minutes was higher than it was racing a local race on a dirt bike. So... That's just me in the, I think I raced the vet class or I don't even know what I raced, but that's just me racing an e-bike. And I know for the general GNCC racing nation going out there, you know, I know the e-bikes is kind of awkward because they don't make any noise, but, and it doesn't look like they're going that fast, but I can assure you that I have done it and Talon's doing it and Charlie Mullins and all those guys that are out there racing and uh, especially in the front couple classes, they're pretty much as about as fast as they can go to where their Man. heart rate will let them go. And, and it and it's deceiving because it doesn't really look like it, but I can speak firsthand that these guys are giving it everything they, they can uh, heart rate-wise because it's it's tough. It is even though you have an assist, you got a battery and a motor oh, assisting yeah. you, you're going, you're giving it everything you got. Mm -hmm. Oh and I do know something else that's interesting is a few uh guys that race the dirt bikes and atvs they've raced the e-bikes thinking this probably isn't that tough but when they went out there they definitely had an eye opener and every one of them is like i did not expect that pace <laughs> to be that intense and it doesn't look like it because I, like i said it's deceiving mm -hmm. what it what you're seeing all day with the atvs on saturday how hard they're going and then you see the the e-bikes going by you're like yeah it looks like they're probably going pretty good but if you get out there and you actually do it it's it's intense they're going hard yeah yeah no i'm <laughs> i'm taking notes here because i might be lining up maybe um at the, <laughs> the uh, at the at the beckley gncc if i can if i can get a bike um uh well i can get you a bike i can oh, make that happen oh <laughs> okay well so so i'm taking i'm taking notes because because all, all i know is is how fast i blow out on a uh on, 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 a, acoustic. Uh, on an acoustic bike because we because <laughs> yeah we um we've never really gotten the chance to do much riding on on a uh, e-bike but uh it, i mean it looks like such a fun um and really super cool experience and i am sure that your legs and lungs and full body is absolute just done after one of those races yeah yeah it is talent would in my opinion because i always ride the tracks with with talent looking at it mm -hmm. my opinion i think the the beckley gncc that e-bike track is always one of the funnest yeah ones, it is I one think. of the funnest ones yeah that's one of the funnest i mean it's 
it's got some technical stuff, but it's always really fun there, just the way the trails flow and everything comes together. So, yeah, we'll have you. I'll have you dialed in. You can. You bring your bicycle helmet. If not, if you don't have one, I can provide one of those as well. So you just show up with your drink system, and you'll be ready. To roll. Hey, I have everything. I have everything but the bike. So we'll, we'll, we'll be set. We'll be set. Now, one thing that I've always wondered, and every time that we have somebody that has rode an e, uh, um, um, rode in the EMTB series, um, we always have to ask Talon how much trash talk is going on during one of these races, because it's, the opportunity the opportunity has yeah. to be there. Um, it's definitely there. I've never personally <laughs> trash talked someone. I know Ty Teasdale, me and him get along great. Yeah. We've never trash talked each other. Uh, Gavin Garlitz, who I raced last year, we've never trash talked each other, but there was, there's definitely been a few instances where someone's got mad at me, which I, I don't look as, I don't look like I'm 17, but <laughs> like a good instance was, uh, snowshoe. I caught a guy. I think it was right at the end of the first lap and he was in the XC one class and I caught him and I was like, I say the same thing to everyone. Hey, not in your class. I'm going to come by soon. And then when I go to pass him, like, Hey, on your left or Hey, on your right, depending on which way I go. And I told him that and he sped up and I was like, okay, like no, most people don't do that, but I was like, okay. So we got a little bit more and I was like, Hey, on your right. And by the time I said that I was already, alongside of him and he tried to like cut me off but i was already there so he couldn't well we go a little bit more and he's like sticking with me and at this one turn it had changed from uh the quads went up and made a right and we were coming downhill making a left well they had like thrown some like the loose uh rock and gravel there and i washed my front tire it was on like five mile an hour well he goes by he's mother effing me and i'm like (laughs) I'm not intentionally wrecking myself. Like, you can't be mad at me. And then I caught him a little bit later and got up alongside him, and I just looked at him, and he looked at me, and then I passed him again. He tried to come back at me, and then I was like, I've had enough of this, dude. So I, like, came into this one turn and, like, pushed him real wide, almost into the weeds, and I was like, he's going to wreck us both. So I, like, kind of slowed him down, made him lose his momentum, and then I never saw him again. (laughs) So I... I What's really cool about the the e-bike thing is like, so when you're racing quads and dirt bikes, you're like, you kind of look like, oh, that guy's getting a little squirrely, getting tired. But as you were saying, you can hear people breathing a little heavy. So it's like when you're catching somebody, you hear someone, "Ah, ah," you're like, I got him, right? Yeah. (laughs) A big thing, you can hear breathing sometimes, but a big thing on the bicycles is like body positioning. Like there was a few times where like, you catch someone late in the race, even if they're in your when they're in your class, it's the best. And you can see like, man, they're they're like really like moving around, like they're like they're getting pushed around by the bike. And I'm like, oh man, like they're pretty beat up. So like it might it's probably going to be like a like they're giving it everything they got. And if you can conserve a little bit more and attack them right at the end, that's always a good bet because mm-hmm. they're already beat up by that point. You just can sit behind them and see what they're doing wrong and just do uh where they're going wrong you can just be a little bit better and then get them right at the end see i love i love the the emtb series for the fact that it's it's the perfect blend of a cyclist race and a gncc race to where like you have like like you can take these uh tactics that that you see and and you can experience like racing bicycles mm-hmm. and then and then but you're on a GNCC course and you're racing at the GNCCs and it's so cool um 
to, to just see that perfect blend, I think, of motor and, and body and machine. Mm -hmm. So, Tyler, what's the goal? We, we aiming for XC1 or, um, or are you just doing this for fun or what? Um, it definitely started out as just for fun. And then I, 2019, the first year I won the youth championship. And then I was like, oh, okay, I won my first year. And then 2020, 2021, I was third and then second in points. And then this year I moved up to XC2 and I've, I'm locked in the second already this year. But, I mean, I wouldn't say that I have an end goal, obviously, if I can just keep carrying on and doing good and eventually win the XC2 championship and then move up to XC1, do good, win that championship. I mean, I mean I'll mean, i take it, but it really just started out as just going and having fun. And at the end of the day, that's all I'm still trying to do is just go and have fun. That's awesome. So as far as your training goes, is it better to train on your on your – EMTB, or is it better to train on a an acoustic or mountain stationary. bike or stationary? Like what what do you what do you use mostly for your personal training? Mostly, I do a lot of road cycling. Like okay. my dad will go with me, and then like we can like we have different climbs. Like we have like there's a like climb in the mountains near us, and then we have like a circuit loop that we do, and we try to crack below one hour, which we've gotten close to, but we've never done it. But every once in a while, well, not every once in a while, probably about 30% of the time, I'll just go in the woods and I'll be like, a lot of times I'll just work on like a single turn and then I'll like, I'll hit that turn until I feel like I'm good enough. And then you move to the next turn Okay. and you just keep, like, I just keep uh, basically just messing around is what I do. But I think that it really does help because I'm having fun hitting these fast flowy turns and then going out and riding my road bike for an hour and little bit so essentially what you're doing is you're cross training and mm -hmm. i i can i can speak to this a little bit like would it be better if talon rode in the woods way more on his emtb yes but he is getting good training in with the road bike because i can i'm with him a lot of times when he's out there but the downside to the emtb training in the woods is it's it's I don't want to say it's fragile, but you have to be a little more cautious. It almost comes back to like where the ATVs, whenever before tire balls and the dirt bikes before moose tubes, the EMTBs, anybody that's had one for more than probably a month, they've broken the derailleur. Mm. So that's why they're a little bit fragile. And to practice in the woods constantly, you're going to tear up the derailleur and then you're not going to be able to practice. And then you're going to have issues, you know, getting a fix to go racing. So that's why it's kind of still in the, I want to say it's still in the infancy stage on the EMTB um, because of the derailers. And, and I know you have to be conservative on it a lot of times, even at a race. Yeah. So that's why there's probably, you know, I don't tell Talon he needs to go in the woods a lot more. Would it, would it be better? Yes. But the work he's getting in on the uh, road cycle is, you know, it's, it's plenty good enough for where he's at now. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I think uh, Luke Nestor was talking about that too, how easy yeah. it is to um, break chains and stuff like that. I will tell you right now, Brandon, I would rather work on my ATV or the dirt bike than I would a derailleur. I can't, I, I can never. You can't get it tuned? I can't get it tuned. No, I have to take it to somebody. I'm terrible at those things. So I, I understand that completely. Uh, okay, so um, Talon, I have a question. And Barry, I'm sure we could ask you this as well. Are, how competitive are we on Strava? <laughs> um, 
I'm, I would say that I'm definitely very competitive on Strava. Like, uh-huh. I'll be going out with my friends. Like, I'm like I have my hill climbs that I always do, and I'll be like, okay, if if I can push a little bit more on this flat, will that be better? And then you go and test that out. No, well, if we push on a climb, and then my friends always they don't make fun of me, but they're like, what are you doing over there? And then we'll like <laughs> we'll be going out to dinner with my friends. And I'll be looking at, and they'll be like, what's all them orange lines on that map? And I'm like, this is the start. It starts at this road. And if you climb up this hill so fast, you get like, you'll get second, third. This is the time. And then they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, I'm like, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And they're like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I will say, I'm not, I actually, I don't want to say I cheat, but when <laughs> I cannot keep up with Talon on my road bicycle, so I actually ride my EMTB on the road with Talon when he's on his okay. road bicycle, because i that's the only way I can keep up with him. So I know he, I feel like I'm cheating on Strava, so I don't pay that much attention to it because of that fact of I'm on an EMTB and Talon's, you know, he's being legit. So that's why I don't, I guess I'm not putting much time or effort into it. But what else is interesting is the other night we went for just a a drive around the country and the local uh, county where we uh, ride. And I told Tom, I said, let's do our route that where we always try to, we've been trying for months now to break this one hour time frame. And we're a couple times we were like one hour and like 10 seconds. We just missed breaking an hour. Anyhow, we're doing this right around and telling the whole time is like, Oh, this is the start of the segment. This is the end of the segment. There's a hill climb. And he's doing it the whole time. And my wife is just sitting there looking at me like, I don't know what he's talking about, (laughs) but he's really into whatever it is. But the whole time he's like, Oh, here's the start. Oh, there's the finish. It's right here. (laughs) So yeah, the, the, competitiveness with him and other people is there but unfortunately it's not there with us because i could beat him whenever i wanted to yeah, yeah. Up the power. <laughs> yeah so hey i know the i know the 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 feeling of strava because like i remember uh this past summer i finally broke the top three at one of our local um um uh trails uh, one of our, yeah one of our local mountain bike trails it's a big loop and i finally got into the podium position and I like strutted home. Like I was some big hot shot. And my wife was like, what are you even talking about? I have no idea. Like nobody else cares, but you about Strava. I was going to say, you probably got home and someone else beat it by the time you got home. Right. Uh, Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) But it's a good fun training tool in my opinion. And it's cool. Like, cause like you can be competitive and you can get a good workout at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I like it so much is just because it's like you can like I have it even wrote down like on a tiny sliver piece of paper. I have it taped to my bicycle and I'll start my stopwatch and I'll be like, okay. And it's like if you can serve for like the first 30 seconds and you can give it all you got for the next minute. It's like uh, there's so many different things that pretty to me just what I do to try to get a little bit faster on a bicycle on a hill climb. And I'm trying to beat a dude that did it in 2013. Like, yeah. He doesn't even know who I am. And I'm sure I, my goal was just to beat that one guy. Like you're just you're, like, you're, you're, you're going to bed thinking about this guy <laughs> getting up, eating breakfast, thinking about this guy. And he has no idea. who you are. <laughs> yeah. Like I followed him on Strava. This one guy, his name's Thor. And I followed him on Strava and it's like, 
every time he posts, I scroll through it, and I'm like, ah, oh, he did this hill climb. Maybe I should go there and do that hill climb. <laughs> see, see, my thing is, is at our local mountain bike trails, uh, Brandon, is, is the downhills. So like what I can't stand is like, like you're trying to race times like Talon said from 2013. And I'm like, but these roots and rocks potentially weren't showing in 2013. <laughs> and the trail is much rougher now. <laughs> yeah. That's always a good point is like, there's that. And then on one of our road loops, they recently, uh, put, gr- oh, yeah, tore and ship it. Oh, so it's basically like way down. gravel. Yeah. yeah. That slows you and way like, down. Yeah, and I'm like, God, this isn't even fair. Like, when he was doing this, it was perfectly paved road. Now I'm basically riding on gravel. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, Talon, what's your perspective on on having the Moto Dad in the the EMTB series? Like, you know, we your dad, we talked to him about how he's, like, chasing you around the track and everything. I mean, that's got to be cool to have somebody that has so much experience in the GNCC Nation as, like, your as your driving force while you're racing yeah it's at first when i first started doing it i was just for fun and he would like tell me like ah if you can do this better and i'd be like yeah okay dad and then like (laughs) one day it clicked because he always talks about his riders he's like they just need to listen to me more (laughs) and one day it clicked i was like he has eight national championships he knows what he's talking about whether it be on a quad or dirt bike a bicycle like he knows what he's talking about so pretty much if he tells me to do something i'm gonna go and do it because the very worst that's gonna happen is it might equal out i don't think he's ever told me to do something and i've gone slower so mm-hmm. yeah and then he always like knows points to be at where i want him where he doesn't need to be and it's just like he knows exactly what a rider wants because he's raced for forever so it's like I, it's just I'm super lucky to have someone like my dad that knows everything that I want and he's already doing it. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. Yeah, you can't ask for nothing, nothing better than that, right? No, for sure, yeah. for sure. Well, hey guys, um, you, Barry and Talent, I I told you we, I didn't think we'd keep you guys on this long, but man, it's been an awesome conversation. Yeah. We really appreciate <laughs> having both of you on the show tonight. Yeah, it's been a blast. I've had a I've loved it, and uh, yeah, I know we've talked before because there was I was talking about coming down there, maybe you know, be in studio, but mm-hmm. we've decided to do this, do it over the phone this time. But uh, you know, Talon and myself, next time uh, there's an opening and you would like us, we'll come down in the studio and try to help co-host and kind of whoever, whether it's ATV guys, dirt bike guys, EMTB, whatever, mm-hmm. we can. I, I like I said earlier, I don't like causing a, a lot of issues, but I could I like to stir the pot every now and then, so right. I'd be glad to take part in it. Right. Yeah. See, I don't even get to ask him which one's better, bike or quads, just to stir the pot. Which one, which one's better, Barry? <laughs> uh, nah. <laughs> that, that's tough. I mean, my heart has always been with ATVs mm-hmm. because it's been I've won more championships and it's I'm more talented on it. But on the other hand, it's like the bikes were such a challenge to me, and I always, I, I worked hard to figure them out. And not that I've ever figured them out, but it's been more. I think the reason I like the bikes uh, so much is because it's always been a challenge for me. It's not been as easy as it is on the ATV. But you know, if if you told me right now we're going riding tomorrow, you want to ride a quad, or you want to ride a dirt bike, I would go ride a quad. Nice. But <laughs> if you told me. We got to ride it two days in a row, and you got to work on it. I say I'm gonna ride a dirt bike. <laughs> right. I don't want to work on the ATV. Exactly. So, 
there, I guess, you know, it's to me, it's it's some days it's 50 50, some days it's 49 51. Hey, that's about the best, that's about <laughs> hey, the best answer you I can am. get right there. That's why I went to dirt bike myself because I was we were, I was a quad guy. I went to bike and say, like, this thing is a lot more easier to work on, it's <laughs> yeah. more reliable and it's cheaper. Yes, <laughs> a lot cheaper, yes, a lot sure. cheaper, a lot cheaper. So, okay, we unless you want to, we won't ask you, um. We won't ask you the dirt bikes because we know you got dogs in the fight. But on the ATV side, do you have a championship prediction? Because it just got a lot more interesting uh, going into the summer break. Uh, man, a prediction. Um, See, he's kind of biased, well, too, because him and Neil's I'll, been on the same yeah, team. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's yeah. true. See? <laughs> Neil is doing what? I said you and Neil uh, were uh, used to be on the same team, so it's probably kind of biased a little bit. So yeah, but but honestly, I mean, if I leave all that out of it, um, my I don't know their work, what they are putting in right now. My gut feeling is Bryson's putting in more work right now, um, but again, that's just my gut feeling. I could be way wrong because I don't know. I know, I know what Bryson is going to be doing. I don't know for sure what Walker is doing, but. I have also been in Walker shoes, and mm -hmm. when you're kind of your back's against the wall, and you've been champion, and you don't want to lose that championship, so he's probably putting in a lot of work right now. Um, but I, I don't, I, I don't want to make a prediction. I don't know. <laughs> Before snowshoe, I said it's Bryson's to lose, yep. and then he had his issue there, in which I think. You know, on one hand, I want to say it was, you know, that's just racing. But then on the other hand, I almost think that's probably a mental mistake on his part. He should have been a little more patient. So, you know, that almost gives the edge to me. Walker would have the edge and when it comes down to it. I don't know their point difference. But I think it's 10. Oh, 11. Oh, it's 11. Yeah, 11. yeah. yeah. Bryson's yeah, up by I mean, 11. I, I almost, if you told me I had to bet a dollar right now who's going to win, I would I would like to see Bryson win, but I would put that dollar on Walker oh, okay. right now um, simply because he's been there, his back's against the wall. And when you've won championships, you know what it takes to, to get it done. Bryson, his championship's coming. It may be this year, and I would be perfectly fine if he proves me wrong and I lose that dollar. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, that it, uh, my dollar would be on Walker right now simply because he's been there, his back's against the wall, and he's going to want to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Not that no, – and Bryson, if he is listening, don't take that the wrong way. You can actually use that as motivation say, you know what, I'm going to prove Barry Hawk wrong. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, honestly, like Brandon and I have been talking. We were talking from day one mm -hmm. uh, of the season that we wanted to see this championship come down to no mechanicals and just them being able to – to duke it out for the entire season. And I guess if we couldn't have no mechanicals, I guess one each will kind of like we'll even, we'll even it out and <laughs> it'll do. So uh, hopefully we can see them both uh, stay clean for the rest of the year and just, just be able to keep putting on the show they've been putting on. Because in my opinion, man, there's really not been any better racing than those two um, this year. It's been, it's been pretty spectacular. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been great. That's for sure. Yep, yep, absolutely. And then on the bike side, um, you know, we're we're I think we're going to get a treat as well. We're going to mm -hmm. get a healthier XC1 class when it comes when it comes back from uh, from break, and we're going to get a championship that was is going to be a lot closer 
than what we anticipated what two months ago at mm-hmm. this time yep. Yep. yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's i know you know i'm not sure that ben's going to be back after the summer break um you know i mean i've heard different stories i talked to him at the ktm dealer show he's in really good spirits you know he's getting around really well but uh you know i'm not sure he's going to be if he is back after summer break at the first round back back i would say he's probably not going to be 100 percent. right but you know i mean he's the only one that knows that for sure but it, regardless it's uh things are a lot more interesting on the, the bike side now than they were you know unfortunately that for ben you know getting hurt yeah. but the overall for the sport, you know, that's like, wow, this is, you know, it's getting pretty interesting. What's going to happen here? You know I mean? Ricky won a couple races ago and then Jordan mm-hmm. got his first win. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it'd be pretty neat if Craig DeLong would get a win and mm-hmm. uh, say Trevor Bollinger. Yeah. And I mean, just, you know, the list goes on and on of guys that it'd be neat for them to get, you know, get a win in there, just throw a wrench in things, makes it way more interesting for the sport and everything in general. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it's it's definitely going to be interesting when we come back from break and and have all these yep. uh, dogs got, in a fight. We just got what a long six weeks to wait. Jesus, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, absolutely. So, okay, so the we have one more question for each one of you, and it's the last question we ask for guys that have been on the show for the first time, and it might be the hardest question of the show. Actually, <laughs> we uh, we always ask this to everybody: What is your favorite fast food restaurant and favorite? Candy, and you can only have one for the rest of your life. Yeah, if you had to pick one for the rest of your life, what would it be? Talon, you go first. <laughs> Chick Fil A for okay. fast food, okay. and for candy, ooh, um, I think it would either be M and M's or Snickers. But I think okay. I'd take Snickers. Okay. There we go. Okay. There we go. Uh, for me, right now, this week, I would choose Chipotle, <laughs> okay. and it's easy on the, the candy. Uh, that's Snickers, hands down. That's okay. a no-brainer for me. <laughs> that's awesome. Nice, nice. Those, those are popular answers. Those yeah. are popular answers. Now, last week, we ha- or last show, we had some different answers because we had uh um we had a canadian atv rider gabe uh came on and, and he had some different answers that we'd never heard of before so but but, but uh, you guys are, are are like the um the uh, north uh, north central west virginia and the uh pennsylvania like that crowd like that yeah. the chick-fil-a and the snickers are the uh are the uh, are the choice for sure yeah yeah Yep. And my wife actually said good choices. She's the one that, that, that had us ask that question <laughs> the very first show because she said that's how you tell a lot about a person. So, right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very, very true. Absolutely. Well, hey, guys, um, uh, again, thank you guys both yeah. so much for coming on the show tonight. Uh, it's been a really great show, really good opportunity to get to talk to, get to talk to both you guys. And, um, uh, we really appreciate having you on and definitely we will have you guys down, uh, to come and help us co-host a yeah, show sometime, sure. um, sometime in the near future. We'll work those details out and, and get it done. All right, man. Yep. It's been fun. And yeah, looking forward to coming down there and thanks for having us on. Yep. Right. Thank you. All right. Absolutely guys. We'll thank talk you. to you. We'll talk to you later. Okay. okay. Thanks. Right. Thank Bye. you. See ya. All right, guys. That was the legend Barry Hawk and his son Talon Hawk. Yep. Man, such a cool interview. Like both of those guys were like just fun to talk to. Barry right. had so many stories, and I bet how many podcasts do you think we could make of just some of the? Oh yeah. 
stories that Barry has from from the Blackwater 100 to current today. Mm-hmm. Like, like he talked about it during the show. Like, he literally has seen the evolution Everything. of the sport from from the grassroots to mm-hmm. to what it is now being the biggest the biggest off road racing series in the world. Right. Yeah. It, I kind of want to. You know, we got off track a little bit. I'm not really off track, but went a different way. And I, we didn't have a, a couple questions I had for him. I was going to ask him what he thought about the idea of just racing quads and bikes in the one day for the pros. And mm-hmm. and then maybe what his thought is with the whole oh, lapper so situation. We got to save stuff. Yeah, from, we got to save it. We got to save it. Yeah. it. It's just it would have been cool to hear his no, thoughts. You're, you're right. You're right. Because I'm, I'm curious to see back when he was racing how many guys was lining up in, in the AM or the PM or it even had an AM and PM race at back then. I'm not really sure if everybody just did one race. I, I wasn't around GNCC at that time, but um, how the format has changed and how many people are in the woods at one time and, yeah. all, and all that stuff. So just curious to see how, what his thought would have been on that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I honestly think we could have done a three hour podcast oh, easy. with Barry and, uh, um, um, and maybe it's a good thing we didn't get to cover those because we can save those for when he save comes in studio. Ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Brandon, are you doing anything this weekend? Man, I want to ride. Uh, you want to ride that. a mountain bike? Oh, maybe, maybe we might be able to pull something. Up. I like to ride a, a, a machine with an engine, but I know I know you don't really ride <laughs> okay, very no, much okay, so well, with an engine. Hey, listen, so. listen, listen. <laughs> how would you feel? Okay, I know you know this may be a conversation we should have had off air, but how do you feel about heading over to the track one day that we have to like like all we gotta do is take a chainsaw with us? <laughs> You know, spend about thirty minutes in the morning, and yeah. then and then we could we could have a little ride session. We might be able to do that. Yep, we might be able to. Yep. And, uh, I mean, we. I think I, if I got to bring the bike though, because the quad's still out of commission. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I think if we, you know, we we bring a chainsaw and a weeder, and and then and then Jonathan could come and we could get some hedge clippers. <laughs> we can have that. I mean, it's a short it's a short track. We can is, have that track is, ready. Is uh, Kawasaki Craig coming? Kawasaki Craig, you know I, I need to need to talk about it. I need to talk to Kawasaki Craig to see if he see if he's uh, got a machine uh, running and and would. Uh, I mean, if he still got come. the Cali, most likely not. <laughs> Shout I'm out sorry. Kawasaki Craig. Kawasaki Craig. Kawasaki. <laughs> oh, uh, we got to give Craig a hard time. Yeah, we once do. In a while. I got to. We love him. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, uh, man, there's no racing. No, there's two week hiatus on motocross. There's like a six week hiatus <sighs> on GNCC. Yeah, are we gonna take a week off next week? Probably yeah, first week probably, of football. Okay, so guys, we're gonna take next week off, but then we'll be back. And I would say once we come back, maybe we can come back and for good. I don't know. It's, I don't. It's it's going. I know we talked about this off air, but it might go back to eight o'clock. Okay. Yes, we may. We gotta get your guys's input. Um. Um. Well, I mean, uh, you, we gotta get. We we gotta <laughs> let you guys know that we might be pushing the show back to eight o'clock, which might be better for some of you guys because mm-hmm. a lot of times people don't jump on here until that hour. Later. Anyways, it just depends. Um. We'll see how practice goes, but football season starts up, guys, and unfortunately, Brandon's gonna be head coaching it. So. Yeah, I'm pretty so, sure we are. So, so we might have to have a uh, like a uh, like a Friday night lights, uh, um, Friday night lights. Uh, segment. It's Sunday night lights, man. Yeah. For mighty mites, come on. Yeah. So <laughs> hey, speaking of segments, I got a segment in mind that I want to talk to you about. Okay. 
It's, and, and, and we need to we need to talk about it off air a little bit, but this is a teaser. Um, it has to do with somebody that's in our comments a lot. Um, um, well, I was thinking about this, and I don't know how, you know, I was thinking more of like a Sunstar Chain and Sprocket kind of. Uh, like a segment? Segment? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. I, I think I know somebody that would be a good with uh, coming on for a segment mm-hmm. and, uh, and weekly, kind of like, right, you know, yeah, yeah trying to. Give us something good. Yeah, I have a few things in mind. I'm gonna bounce off you once we uh, yeah. get off the uh, get off the air here. But uh, uh, again, guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you that's listening in the archives, whether mm-hmm. it be on um, Spotify or or <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Oh my! Gosh. We are now on Apple Podcasts. I know oh, it wrong. took us it took us far too long. And it, it, I would like to sit here and tell you how hard it was to get our podcast on Apple Podcast after we've been asked to do it so many times. <laughs> it took me five minutes. It took you five minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, but we are on there now. We appreciate the people that come and join the show on Facebook and YouTube. You mm-hmm. guys are awesome yeah. um, each and every week. Um, you know, we, the, the numbers aren't extremely high on the, on the, uh, the live, but it grows throughout the week. And then also the, like the Spotify and now the Apple, like, yeah. dude, we're pushing some numbers that I never would have dreamed of. Right. And it's so cool that we get to, that we have the opportunity to have people like Barry and Talon on, yeah. um, um, these shows. I mean, uh, when we started this thing, I never would have thought that, but no. we won't get into that. No soppy <laughs> stories. Brandon. No soppy stories. No Come soppy on, man. stories. Everybody Brandon. loves a good so- soppy story. Maybe one day, but not today. <laughs> you got a rant or anything? You got a rant about anything? Got anything to complain about? Oh, besides the coverage of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series? <laughs> oh, jeez. Don't you do. Don't you do it. What? I know what rant you're thinking of. <laughs> don't one? you do it. Which no. One? How many rants? The Lewis have? County rant. Oh, no. I mean, people are just messed up, man. That's all I got to say about that. But, no, I mean, I don't know. I think I had one and I kind of forgot. But just people, be smart. Be, be smart about your decisions in life. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yep. Hey, Doug, we appreciate you always listening. And yeah. uh, we're going to be talking to you. Yeah, we're gonna so be- We, we got to get something figured out. And dang, I need to get him the flea flag. You haven't got him the flea flag? Yet? I haven't gotten him the flea flag. The flea flicker the flea flag. flag. <laughs> Brandon, I mean, do you yeah. got a list of sponsors to read to us? No. Do we have sponsors? We do. Oh, that's right. We do, don't we? Take us out. <laughs> Take us out. All right. Uh, guts racing. What do you think of when you think of guts? When you hear guts, what do you think of? First thing that comes to my mind is that sweet logo and the style yeah. on those seat covers. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of performance. And, uh, yeah, I got the volume up, dude. I don't know what you're doing over there. But... Just keep going. Yeah. Don't all right. So when I think of performance, when I think of guts, man, uh, Andy Gregg and those guys over there, they do an awesome job, awesome, awesome customer service. If you ever have any questions about anything like that, give them a call, give them an a email, a text, whatever you got to do. Um, they'll help you out over there. I run guts. Coop runs guts. Um, a lot of the guys that we talk to run guts, and they're awesome. Um, if you have Ask Devin Messers, it'll rip your pants right off of you. Keep that's, your how, on the bike. that's how good that gripper seat cover is. It is very good. Um, Seal Savers, guys. Mason Everett, Seal Savers, awesome guy as well. Um, I run Seal Savers. Oh, I know the problem. See that? Yeah, there we go. I, oh, okay. Mm. We're getting down with some slow dance music. That's some old stuff. That's my jam. Yeah, right? that's, that's right. what I grew up to right That's there. right. Go ahead. <laughs>
Go ahead. How am I supposed to take us out to this? Just it's just oh sweet. Oh my god. It's sweet so Anyways, Soul Savers are the best guys. Like um, Mason Mill. Mason Bill is over there. If you in not even your seals, palm protectors, um, some grip for your thumbs, just anything that you want to save on your body or your bike, go over there. They have it for your watch, anything like that. If you don't want to get it damaged, um, I think they got the new flag stick savers out for you guys to go out there desert riding. I don't know if you're listening from all the way up there, but <laughs> well, but if but, you are, but we do know we that you guys it. that run the side by sides and you put them through. Yeah. The ringer. The ringer for those. Up here in West Virginia, <laughs> in the hills of West Virginia, in the mountains of Pennsylvania, Ohio. We know you guys put them through it. Yeah. Get Protect them. Yeah. Get some seal savers on them. Like and what? you can use a discount code, too. Right. Is it split line? Split line. Capital, Capital S. S. Save 25% off of 25% anything. 25% off yep. of already affordable prices. They're already affordable, so you might as well just do it. And they're awesome, guys. I've been, I ran them all year this year, um, every race I've done, and they've done a job. Every time I wash... There's no dirt, not even close to being near my fork seals. So yep. um, save money right there. Sunstar Channel Sprockets, they are awesome over there, guys. Doug, Doug from Sunstar is an awesome guy. They make great materials, uh, great products. Um, once again, I've ran them every race this year I've been in, and it looks still new. Yep. Like I could still probably run it next year for no doubt. I'd almost put it to the test probably. Um for next year and just run it just run it two years i wonder how many years i can run chance rockets from sunstar before before they just go kapooey i don't should, know should i try it ask doug <laughs> doug is he is he authorized Doug's to try like, that? please don't do that <laughs> <laughs> but no the guys are made uh, from case hardened steel over there um they also have aluminum stuff and um i know we always talk about the the chain and sprockets but they also do brakes and stuff like that so yeah. um if you're interested in that stuff save 30 percent from Split Line 30, right? Split Line 30. Split Line 30. I got to get all these codes written down or something in my mind. I mean, they're written right down there. <sighs> See, it gets co so confusing. <laughs> so far So away. confusing. Uh, XC Gear, guys. Um, they're another awesome sponsor. Lance over there is amazing. Um, he, Anything you get from that company, you know it's going to be good. There's nothing bad about them over there. Man, this song is just <laughs> George Strait. I love it. Um, <laughs> mountain Bike Clamps. Mako 360 for your quad or your bike. A hammerhead for your mountain bike. A hammerhead for the mountain bike. Or if you want to get some uh, pegs. Spurs. So, uh, spurs. Whatever I call them. Pegs or pegs. <laughs> get them. Get them. Get yeah, them from get XC em. Gear. Get them. And then All the right. new coming, uh, um, the... Uh, the bar pad. Yeah. The bar pad's going to be awesome. The bar pad's going to be coming out. Yeah. And Lance doesn't want us to promote that, but so we won't. We won't. If you guys are listening to this, just, 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 just ignore the, what we don't, said. Don't listen to us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then once you get all that stuff on your bike, where do you go, Brandon? Mount State Hair Scramble, guys. Mount State Hair Scramble. That's Scrambles. the best local West Virginia, North, what'd you say, North Central? North Central. Well, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Mid, mid to North. Mid to North, yeah. <laughs> Series there is, guys. So go out there. Um, and guys, while you're at the races, I know, see the shirt up here in front. If you want one and you want one now and you can't wait for it to come from us, go to their truck buy one of a split line off red shirt absolutely what i'm wearing what's right there they have them in the trailer uh buy them up and if you guys want a shirt that might not go to mount stair here scramble remember we have i think we have some still left we can ship out yep sizes are, are vary a little bit but uh don't forget to uh get your split line uh gear 
What are you doing over there? Trying to pick another song because you, you went through that entire song. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody wanted to hear that song. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, guys, yeah. it's been an awesome episode. Episode 85, uh, Barry Hawk, Talon Hawk. Thank you guys for coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Two weeks? We'll, we'll aim for two weeks? Yeah. Wait, wait. So, like, not next week, but the week after? Yes. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not one, but two weeks two. away. And remember to share. <laughs> like, share, subscribe, anything, and let's go. Anything that gets uh, numbers, we'll, we'll, please do. <laughs> yep, let's go. Let's All right, guys. It. All right, guys. We're out. Maybe. <laughs> Frogs, that's about it. Oh, jeez. This is what happens when you hear your music from you, YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> Peace, guys. Peace. I love the fish. I spend all day out on this lake and hell is all I catch But today she met me at the door Said I would have to choose If I hit that fishing hole today She'd be packing all her things and she'd be gone by noon Well, I'm gonna miss her when I get home Right now I'm on this lake shore And I'm sitting in the sun I'm sure it'll hit me When I walk through that door tonight Yeah, I her. Oh, looky there. I've got to buy. This just